What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Fight Like Hell podcast. This is episode 26. We're coming to you on a Wednesday, August 11th, 2021. In case you're listening to this in 2045, I have with me my heterosexual life mate, Austin. And Austin, we have a special guest today, uh, Brandon from Warrior Hockey from actually, correction, the Colorado Warrior hockey how you doing today brandon good man how you guys doing good good awesome uh brandon you and i have met like a handful of times at, at hockey tournaments and you know you you have a pretty big role within the colorado warriors so a while ago i think at the last tournament that we were in in may you and I were bullshitting upstairs saying that like, we need to get you on the podcast eventually. That way we could talk a little bit about mainly warrior hockey and, you know, talk a little bit about you of course too. So we're, we're happy as hell to have you on, man. Um, Yeah, dude, I'm stoked. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for bearing with us. Uh, Austin, why didn't we do the podcast on Monday? Because (laughs) you've been too busy with your girlfriend trying to busy replacing me. I mean, like, she doesn't mind, but you obviously mind, and then it's affecting our show, so and our yeah, people that listen Affecting mind. your whole life. <laughs> but um, let's let's kick into it, and let's talk about, even though it's a Wednesday, Weekend Adventures. Um, Austin, go ahead and tell us what you did this last weekend. I mean, the, the only thing I... Usually, I do nothing, um, but the only thing I did is... Um, worked on roofing the garage. So. A what? A roofing roof? the garage. Is it a roof or a roof? You just shut uh, the fuck up. <laughs> I'm not even going to elaborate on that. Not going to entertain this. All right. Uh, how about you, Brandon? I'm not going to elaborate your childish games. Oh, man. We had a pretty eventful weekend. So uh, Colorado Warriors, we had an event. We we put on a 3v3 tournament. So uh, okay. we had three hours of ice and, and 10 teams and it was a uh, it was it was a lot of hockey. We did twenty minute games for them three hours with an hour break in between. So there was dudes dragging their butt seriously when they were done for sure. So was it? Um, how were the rinks set up? Was it full so, ice or no? So them guys would have died, man, if we would have done if we did on full <laughs> ice. So yeah, yeah. So we split it in threes and uh. We had, yeah. you know, just a scorekeeper on each three, and it was like a gentleman's game. You know what I mean? If it's a penalty, it's a it's a penalty shot, and it went pretty smooth. It went pretty good. We had dudes from all over Colorado come down. Um, so yeah, it was it was a great time. Okay, and um, was that like focused on trying to like uh, fundraise and gain some proceeds yeah. for the organization? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was like we we used to when I was on the Alaska team. That was one of our biggest uh tournaments that we could actually like create some sort of fundraising for we do camo versus contractors and it's basically any type of alaska type contractor like they could be oil operations they could be electrical whatever they do that's kind of like a, a blue collar job versus uh either wounded warrior guys or active duty guys and it was just a three-on-three, um, like, round-robin tournament. They would break it up. And for those of you who don't understand what we're saying, and, and correct me if yours was different on this, basically you go, you take it from, like, kind of like the blue line area, right? And are you going, yep. you're going, like, boards to boards, right? Yeah, cross, cross ice, yeah. Cross ice. So it's, like, 
super tight and then the nets yeah. are out a little bit so mm -hmm. it's it's crazy like it's 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 an interesting style of hockey and there's kind of a lot of goals like yeah know, there's like, a lot of there's a lot of goals it's fast paced there's a lot of goals um and it's just a lot of action nonstop, back and forth for that full 20 minutes and you guys you guys were rocking three plus a goalie uh, no, so we actually had – the teams were were set as four plus a goalie, and so you had Perfect. one sub. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly how we did ours, too. That way you could have, like, one time to get off yeah. the ice and, like, catch a rest. Right. We're all a little bit older, so, like, after a while, you get pretty freaking winded um, skating yeah, you, that you much. You experienced that on Monday, Rob. How'd that go on uh, Monday with the little kids? So I, I, I have a tournament coming up, a charity event for the Utah Warriors. That's the team that I skate for now. Um, and I needed some ice time because I haven't skated since our Tennessee tournament. I've just been doing stuff all summer and I'm kind of far away from Utah. And Phil's an asshole and wouldn't let me come down and hang out with you guys. Um, and uh, yeah, so I went on the ice for the first time in a while and Skating was fine. Shooting was fine. Worked on one-timers, worked on passing drills. And then these like kids came up to us. It's like six of them or there. And they're like, Hey, you guys want to play like uh four on four um, half ice, literally like from the red line, take it back in instead of the blue line. And it was a bunch of like 13 year old and 14 year olds. So like skills wise, not that big of a deal. Like a lot of them I could poke check or whatever, or I could get around them occasionally. But endurance wise, they just beat the crap out of us. Like we yeah. were gassed, gassed. Because yeah, those little kids just have like full tanks. But um, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, we got the same mess out here, man. <laughs> yeah, and then you're you're in such a saturated state for for people in general. And then Colorado historically has has had good hockey. So mm. I mean, it's gotta be crazy when you guys uh i don't know if, if your guys' warriors ever practice with i don't know any of the youth or like 23 year olds or under that's yeah. like insane fast-paced hockey yeah we keep all our practices pretty much closed to just uh colorado warriors guys but we all of us play in a beer league too we don't it's not associated with colorado warriors but we're all pretty much on the same roster in the beer league as well and there's some teams out there, like right now we're playing, we have a team out that's called the Zonkinators, and it's a bunch of 18-year-old kids, AAA kids that are getting ready to go off their juniors in college. And, man, they just run all over us. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like heart attack on ice. Yeah, that's what I tell them. And they're like, well, you guys don't back check. I'm like, hey, no back check, no paycheck, no back check. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially like beer league hockey is such a different style. Uh -huh. Did you, did you grow up playing hockey, like, when you were in high yeah. school, middle school and stuff? Yeah, because, like, the skating difference in that is insanely different. Like, people don't really back check. And No. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, like, our beer league, is nobody back. If you get the puck and you break out the zone, you're gone, man. Two-on-one, three-on-one. Um, there's a couple guys here. Yeah, there's a couple guys here and there that, that jump in and, and, and we'll, we'll back check. And we turn around, we're like, man, why are you trying so hard? <laughs> yeah um did you besides the tournament um how many days was that tournament uh we just did one day we just did three hour ice slot yeah okay so yeah it you ended did up, say that yeah it ended up being about five hours i guess total but 
So we did an hour and a half break in between and, and uh, you know, we, we ordered as an organization, we ordered pizzas and we, of course we had beer there. So one of the pluses we have is we have a, uh, we have a beer distributor that's actually on our team a guy that, that works for a beer distributor. So the beers comes cheap for us. So, so yeah, so, so it, yeah. Right. So it was about an hour and a half break in between. We did a nice raffle, um, raised some money and, and went back to playing some hockey and it was a good time. Okay. Very, very cool. And uh, did you get into anything else over the weekend or, you know, in this past couple of days that's worthy of talking about on the podcast? Oh man. So <laughs> yesterday I played roller hockey for the first time inline hockey for the first time that I've, I haven't had inline skates on for probably 20 years and yeah. the boys wanted to start a team. So we started one up and I was like, Oh yeah, I should be good to go. Man, let me tell you. <laughs> it's different, dude. It's different. Dude. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, I was filthy out there, but you know, it, uh <laughs> But yeah, no joke. I think the hardest part was getting out of the locker room to the actual surface on the carpet. So <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, it was a good time. We had a blast and I'll be doing it next week again. So so yeah, that was that's been my eventful eventful week so far. Yeah. It was, God, it was probably a, a year ago. Um, I was going down to Texas a lot for a certain reason. And uh, <laughs> the people that I used to hang out with on the, the Lone Stars, all of them played both ice and roller. So they invited me out to play on the roller team. And they're like, Rob's like a solid like B-level player. So we're just going to put him in the A-level roller team. And I'm like, hey, guys, like I haven't played roller um, probably in like 15, 20 years. And uh, I was a goalie. Like I wasn't like a forward. I don't know how well I'm going to do. And they're like, nah, dude, you're going to be fine, man. You'll, you'll be fine. We'll, we'll hit you in motion, all this stuff. Dude, I felt like I was like a D-level player. You know how like when you, you invite someone out for the first time to play hockey um, for like warrior hockey and th they're trying to learn a sport? Yeah, that was yeah. me. I'm just like, like, like trying not to fall. It was it was awful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you uh was phil playing by chance no no phil wasn't down there playing so okay because because him and i this summer picked up uh mars blades and they're oh, okay they're pretty legit man like minus stopping they articulate within the chassis very similar to the way that you push off on ice uh okay. very similar to the way you do like not really a crossover because you're kind of like sliding the underfoot um it's the closest thing that you can get to like an ice hockey like skate in comparison um i don't know if you want to look into them or not or you're just gonna rough it and figure out the the ways of that roller because it's yeah i don't know man I, I uh most of the game i spent just working on not falling down so <laughs> Um, yeah, so, and I was borrowing some skates, so I think I'm going to grab myself a pair, though, but by the end of the game, I, I felt comfortable on them, mm -hmm. um, but there are definitely some differences, like with a, I'm a long strider when I take off, so mm -hmm. that's a big no, big no-no in inline, so I was doing that long stride and going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't work, and, and then, like, the stopping is so different, because, like, on ice, you can just, like, turn really quick and stop. You try to do that on roller, you just turn, you're just like, Ugh, and you just fall over. Yeah. Like, or, yeah. Or I, yeah. I used the boards as much as I could, trust me. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, one of the, like, God, it was the kid was probably, like, 
20 years old because he wasn't even able to drink with us after a locker locker room and he's like he's like man he's like you were really fast out there but he's like you couldn't stop at all man you kept running into the boards <laughs> i was like dude i didn't know what the fuck i was doing man i haven't played like roller hockey i think ever really because i was a goalie so yeah i i feel your pain i can empathize with the situation so <laughs> any anything else fun happen this weekend or does that pretty much cover it no, that pretty much was it. Okay. Well, I guess, Austin, should I get into my weekend? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I already uh, heard about it, so. <laughs> my, my, let's do podcast appropriate. Um, especially because my mom. Like this podcast is appropriate. But the problem is my mom's been listening and she's <laughs> listened to the episode that Steph was on, and she's like, I got just get it out there in. that you did naked cribbage this weekend, <laughs> and then elaborate on that. <laughs> you know what cribbage is? I don't know, but like a, I, it caught my attention like, with the naked, so it's got to be something it's, it's, interesting. It's a slang term, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, it's it's a board game. Uh, Austin, while I'm explaining the story, will you look up a picture of like cribbage that we can display? Oh yeah, cribbage um, board. Yeah, cribbage board or cribbage yeah, game sure. or something like that. Anyways, um, my my girlfriend likes to gamble, um, like not aggressively, like literally plays like for quarters and shit for like cribbage or whatever. Um, she also likes playing Texas Hold'em and blackjack and one of her things is cribbage and cribbage is all about like making pairs of 15s or getting doubles and basically when austin brings it up we'll show you you have a little little cork board and you're just moving your little pins along and you're trying to beat the other person so um uh the girlfriend and i oh you're about ready to pull it up yeah you're good okay well, I'm just going to wait on you. We'll just have this awkward silence for a second. That's we'll fine. Wait. I mean, it's right there, so. Okay, yeah. So you have a deck of cards, <laughs> and then you have your little pegs. And the idea is to get those pegs to uh, just move around the board as you get sets of 15. You deal six, and you're just going through trying to match up things that work with 15 or in pairs of twos. It's like the simplest way to describe it. Now, being someone that has three traumatic brain injuries and is not good at math because he was stupid infantry. Not all infantry is stupid, but yeah, in I general, was smart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you were, you were a mortar. So like you're a little <laughs> bit smarter than us. Um, were you 11 bang bang? Yeah. Okay, cool. So um, I don't know about you, dude, but I'm terrible at math. So oh, I, I have an iPhone, man. If it, if I can't do it on the iPhone, <laughs> exactly. it don't happen. So I'm sitting there like always trying to count shit and trying to figure out what I have. And I'll think that like, I only got like four points and she'd be like, you have eight points. I'm like, how do you figure? She's like, this is 15. 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 That's 15. This is a double. That's a double move eight. I'm like, what the fuck? How did you see all that? <laughs> She's like, you realize that like, if we play in a tournament or something like that, no one's going to tell you that shit. And they're just going to take your fucking money, Rob. So anyways, um, the, the way it got, naked i guess is uh <laughs> um my girlfriend uh knows um kind of like a hands-on learner and uh, uh i'm trying to think how i can keep this like just in case my parents are listening <laughs> so just, just say the truth she, bro 
Just say so, the truth. So there I was in my socks and that's it. And there she was in the naked. That's it. And she's like, you want to learn cribbage? I'm like, are you serious right now? We're butt ass naked. She's like, why not? She's like, I have your attention, don't I? I'm like, yes, you do. She's like, all right. She's like, let's, let's do this. So she's like trying to teach me, but I swear to God, dude, mom, please stop listening. If you're listening the entire time, I'm staring at her tits. I'm staring at her ass. Like, and she's like, you got this point. You got that point. And I'm just like, I'm like, how am I supposed to focus? Like, I can't learn shit right now. Like, I'm just constantly staring at it. She's like, up here, up here. Look here. Like, Look here. Count this. Count that. Where? Where am I looking? Yeah. Just so, no focus at all. No focus at all. I've decided. <laughs> I've succumbed to the fact that I'm going to have to YouTube, like, tricks to it, like, to play better because... She's like, I'm not a really good teacher. And I'm like, you're kind of the best teacher I've ever had, but in the worst way, but in the best way. <laughs> and she's like, was that an insult? I'm like, no, it's just very distracting right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I mean, in a nutshell, that was that was my weekend. Uh, she's in the process of moving. So part of the reason why I couldn't do the podcast, and I apologize to everyone, on Monday was I was busy moving furniture. And Austin, what was I doing last night? You saw a video of? And you're breaking couches with a sledgehammer. Mm -hmm. They had a, they had a couch at the new place that they moved into that the other people didn't want to move out. So we found out quickly why. One, because there was mold on it. Two, because there was semen on it. Three, because of the fact that you could not get it back up the fucking stairs. Like, I feel like they built that couch in the basement. So I asked her, I'm like, hey, you guys don't want this, right? She's like, no. I'm like, all right, well, I didn't work out today. So I got a full-on, like, CrossFit workout on this thing. I was doing fucking <laughs> tire flips with it. I was taking a sledgehammer to it, just beating the shit out of it. Nice. So, yeah. That was my weekend, basically. Breaking shit and... N naked cribbage and <laughs> breaking couches, huh? Oh, and, and then the 13-year-olds uh, showing me up in hockey. Yeah, that was embarrassing. So when in this episode, um, naked cribbage and 13-year-olds? You know that might get people's attention. I don't know if that. I don't know if you get. People's I don't attention know in the right way we'll get, I, I don't know if that. We we'll canceled for sure. Yeah, that might get you a sign in the front yard too. Yeah, I mean, we, we've already had one episode taken off of YouTube by because the UFC came after us for like posting their content, and then we've also made some borderline ballsy decisions on names of podcasts i think we should keep 13 year olds out of it but naked <laughs> naked cribbage naked cribbage should definitely be on there because i mean we talked about it for four or five minutes and it'll get my yeah. girlfriend's attention so if you're listening steph i love you and uh last <laughs> night was fun <laughs> all right She's uh let's you know that right yeah she probably will or she just won't listen or she's going to videotape this part and send it to us tomorrow and say, I was listening, motherfuckers. All right, let's get into <laughs> serious shit. So obviously the jerseys behind you represent the, yeah. the, the Colorado Warriors. Tell us a little bit about like what the Colorado Warriors are and the backstory of uh, the team coming to being a team. Yeah, so... Um, basically we're just like any other warrior team out there. We're, uh, we're just a bunch of disabled vets that 
I love hockey and, but at the same time want to uh, support our community, you know what I mean? As much as we can and support the veteran community. Um, so we, it's funny story how we started up. So my buddy, Kyle cook, he, uh, him and I went to a tournament in Dallas to, um, an all armed forces tournament. It's actually coming up in September too, this year. I can't remember the name of it, but, uh, it's, uh, it's, oh my God, dude. Um, keep talking. I'll get the shirt. Okay. Yeah. So they actually, uh, it was a funny tournament and we got there and we walked in and got in the locker room and, and we're both army and they ended up putting us on the, uh, we both registered for that state right there. Yeah. It is the United heroes league. That's yep. And it's an awesome tournament. Did you play upper or lower? Obviously. No, so (laughs) no, so here's the best. Yeah, so the best part about it was we had registered for Upper Army, and when we got there, they're like, hey, we don't have any Upper Army, so we're going to throw you guys on the Lower Marine. We're like, all right, cool, because their jerseys were badass. We're like, cool, we'll play on the Lower Marine. But we didn't realize how Lower Lower was there. Lower um, was desolate, dude. Yeah. It was so, like D-level D players. We got done the first game, and um, him and I combined for like 16 or 17 points in the first game. Oh so they told God. us, yeah, they told us they were like, hey, you guys need to chill out a little bit. Don't do anything. You know what I mean? We don't want you guys doing. Just don't. We're like, all right, cool. I'm like, well, just move us up, you know? And he's like, there's no spots. Nobody will move you. At that time, we didn't know anybody in the Warrior community like we do now. So the guys were like, you know, like, fuck you. We don't want you up here. You know what I mean? We don't know you. So um, we ended up playing the second game. And the second game, we, we really just kind of didn't do a whole lot. And then the third game was the game where if we win, we go to the championship game. And so we were 2-0, and and we needed to win that third game. So him and I didn't really do much of anything. And the last two minutes of the game, we were I think we were losing by one. And him and I went out there the last two minutes of the game, and I think we scored six or seven goals in that last two minutes. And guys just lost their shit, man. I mean, lost their shit. I had like a 70-year-old man trying to fight me. I'm like, look, man, I – you know what I mean? I get it. I understand. But um, so, yeah, so we ended up at the end of that game, the coordinator, Russ Lusk, he uh, awesome yeah. dude. He, he, yeah. Talk, he talked to uh, he talked to our team captain and told us basically, hey, them two can't be on the ice together. When they're on the ice, they have to play defense and they're not allowed to go past the red line. <laughs> so, so that's how we played the entire championship game. But we still ended up winning it. Um, and then all him and I did was just tell guys, hey, just break out the zone, fly the zone, we'll hit you with passes. And that's what we did the entire game. But um, but to go back to Colorado Warriors, we walked in that locker room and we were we looked around and we were like, man, like everybody in here has warrior some warrior teams hockey bags. Or they have some warrior team representation on it. They're wearing a shirt or a hat or something. I'm like, man, what's going on? And at the time, we were part of another or- warrior organization, and it just kind of was – it was flat, wasn't going anywhere, and, and we wanted a whole lot more. And um, that organization was kind of content with just, like, beer league and doing a tournament here or there, and it's just – we just weren't content with that. We wanted to be a lot more and be involved a lot more in so many more aspects than just hockey. So uh, him and I looked at each other, like, literally, we're, we went back to the hotel. We were sharing a room together. We just talked. We were like, dude, we can do this. Let's, let's build a team. You know, what do we call it? Well, shit, let's call it Colorado Warriors. Um, two weeks later, 
we filed for our paperwork. I mean, we, we filed for the name, filed for a trademark, came up with a logo, um, hit up a uniform guy and all within about 45 days, we, we had an organization rolling. So, and that's, that's pretty much how, how we did it. You know, we pulled a few select people in and bounced ideas off them and we kind of collectively built it with him and I being the, the main sources behind it. Um, we pulled in our, uh, who is now our director of operations, Ray Brooks, and we kind of just talked to him and we're like, you know, the good thing about Ray was he was, he was at the, he was there at the beginning of the start of the other organization. So he knew like how to get things moving, how to get things started. Um, so it, it really, it helped, he helped us out tremendously, but yeah, we, uh, that was in September, I want to say. And at the end of October, we had, we had our tryouts. Um, and the reason we selected to do tryouts was one thing we didn't want to do. And I had talked to a few guys there from um, the Lone Star and Dallas Warriors. And we kind of, you know, there was, there, there was a little squabble there between the two organizations. And with talking to some of them guys, you know, they were saying, hey, one of the biggest things you want to avoid is the good old boy club, basically, you know. So in order for us to avoid the good old boy club and hand select people who we wanted, we decided we're going to do a tryout. You know, and, and we're going to yeah. have somebody select who who makes this team, an outside source that none of us know. Um, so basically, I did all the coordination. Uh, myself and Kyle did all the coordination. And we had a guy from our local rink reach out to a guy to come and actually do our tryouts. And the first day that I ever met the guy was at our first tryout. And I literally walked up, shook his hand and said, hey, my name is Brandon. How are you? Never said, hey, my name is Brandon. I started this. Hey, my name is Brandon. I'm deeply involved with this. Nothing. It was just, and the way we picked, he knew none of the guys on the team. He didn't know me. He didn't know Phil. He didn't know Kyle. Um, so we thought that was the fair, the fairest way for us to do it. Um, so we, so in doing all that, what we did is like, we made little placards, like marathon runners wore them on our back with, with number digits. And at the registration desk, when the dude came in, he registered, got a number, and that's that's how they were selected. At the end of the trials, he sent me an email, and he said, uh, at the end of the trials, I told him who I was. He sent me an email, and dude, I'm not kidding you. The first thing I did, I looked down the list to make sure my name was on there. So, <laughs> and then I messaged some of the other boys, and I was like, hey, the list came out, and they were like, dude, please tell me I'm on there. So that's that's how we that's how we developed our roster for Colorado Warriors and started Colorado Warriors off. Um. But yeah, it, and we kind of just went from there. And, and our first, our first uh, tournament that we intended to go to was Nashville. That was going to be the first one. At the time, it was supposed to be Vegas, and then they switched it to Nashville. Yeah, they moved it to Nashville. Yeah, yeah. So, so our intention was to go to that tournament. So we're like, hey, we have plenty of time coming out. Um, honestly, when we first started off, we we literally it was like we were shooting from the hip in everything we did. So it was like, hey, we're going to do uh, two practices a month. We're going to do this. Well, what we found out is getting ice time was extremely hard to try to get two practices a month yeah. at the time. Yeah. So and then if you, you know, where we where we practice now, they they're very fair with us on the amount of the cost they give us for ice. Yeah, absolutely. But if, yeah, but if we wanted to go outside to other places, I mean, we're talking upwards of $400 an hour for ice. And it's just, I mean, we were paying for this out of our pockets. I literally, my wife literally told me, she said, you pay another penny out of your pocket. And she's like, I'm going to kill you. So, yeah. 
So yeah, myself and Kyle and Ray, we literally, I mean, we were emptying our pockets to try to just get this thing moving and get it going. Um, and then I got an email from Chris Miller from Lone Star. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It was Cal, Cal Carter. He's like, Hey yeah. bro, I know you guys just started this up. Would you guys be interested in coming to a tournament? I'm like, the yeah, sure. Classic. Yeah. I'm like, sure. When is it? He's like, like two months. I'm like, Oh shit. I don't know, man. If we'll be ready in two months, we don't even have uniforms yet. So, yeah. but yeah, so we, uh, we got as many practices as we could. We, we played, I think three or four local games in the local area with just like some beer league teams. And we played, uh, we played the police department twice. The first time I think they beat us 11 to one. And then, uh, about four days before we went to Dallas, we played them and beat them seven, three, I think it was. So we, it was just a matter of us coming together and playing together and, and getting going. But yes, I mean, we still literally our, our 501c paperwork just came through about two weeks ago. So, and it was filed back in October. So I kept hitting up the IRS. They kept telling me, they're like, you got to wait, man. You got to wait. You got to wait. You got to wait. I'm like, I can't do anything until I get this. I need this like now. So, yeah, <laughs> no, it's, that's, that's pretty incredible. I, I was at that tournament too. Um, Trevor, Trevor from the Alaska Warriors, uh, Trevor Everson. Mm -hmm. And I um, got, Russ re reached out to us and basically said, Hey, he knew us from a Tampa tournament when I used to skate with Alaska. And he's like, you boys should come down and play for the upper army team. So we got on the upper army team, which you, we probably could have used you. And there was at least three people I would have kicked off that team because they're fucking whiny cry fucking babies. <laughs> and they weren't, they weren't lone stars either. They were just like <laughs> douchebags. Anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah, with that whole that whole tournament um, was an interesting experience. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't want to go like too crazy in details, but that's where I met like my yeah. ex-girlfriend. Nice. <laughs> so, so I had a lot of affiliation with with the whole uh, Lone Star team, the Dallas Warriors, Russ going down there a lot. They wanted me at one point to try out for the team and mm -hmm. Yeah, obviously, I was going to. That did yeah. not work. Anyways, um, but like one of the things, shit, there was something that I wanted to say that when you were when you were explaining a couple of things. So, I love the fact of what you guys did off of uh, getting some of the ideology from the Lone Stars because yeah, they had a similar scenario too. And Alaska, I'm not on the team anymore, so maybe I shouldn't run my mouth too much on this but you're good at that though i'm just gonna say it this way a lot of warrior hockey teams run into one issue and that's the whole entire like good old boy league where or the good old boys where everyone's there just to have fun uh drink um hang out play like beer league hockey and you know yeah. not really compete like oh it's all fun like right yeah I don't know about you, but well, obviously I do know because of what you said and, you know, who you play for. I'm insanely competitive and I don't like being on the team that we're out there to have fun. No, like I'm out there to fucking win. I'm out there to win face-offs. I'm out there to fucking hit yeah. one timers. I'm out there to try to get breakaways. I'm out there to try to set up passes. I'm out there to assist in any means possible for 55 seconds to two minutes on the ice where I'm exhausted and I'm getting off and letting someone else go on that I want them to do the fucking same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like 
That's kind of the way I look at hockey. And then a lot of these warrior organizations, especially like the, the C level and D level teams get stuck in this whole entire, like, we're just out here to have fun. And, you know, this is going to be a good time. And I, I love teams like yours and like the Lone Stars. Like I'm still very good friends with pretty much the entire team. I'll, think anyone really hates me that bad on that team <laughs> you know but, of <laughs> there might be a couple people anyways uh i just love the fact that like both those teams uh your team and that team have tryout both those teams yeah. took an idea of something and expanded upon it into a comp team and that's what yeah. we're seeing a decent amount of these warrior teams do and we've talked about yeah. on the podcast that was months ago when we were talking yeah. a lot of warrior hockey but that, that was when you, that was when you came back from your tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. And that's crazy, man, because, you know, when we first announced that we were doing tryouts, it was like, it was like, it was the Blair Witch Project, man. We, we were out there getting, or not Blair Witch Project, but like we were getting stoned for, for saying we were doing projects and people are like, so you're going to turn vets away and this and, and, and everybody was just taking it way out of balance. You know what I mean? And, and nobody was trying, even giving us the opportunity. And finally on, on one of the forums on, on Facebook for, for a warrior forum, I just broke it down and I'm like, look, here's why we're doing this because we want to give everybody a fair chance. You know what I mean? We want to make sure that everybody has the option to, if they want to play at a higher level and they want to play a more serious game, then this is where they can come to. If they don't, there's other organizations here that they can do that with, you know? Um, but yeah, it was, it was bad. And then, and then, um, and a lot of it came, honestly, a lot of it came from Minnesota and uh, from from that program, and it's funny because then um, myself and about four other guys went to uh, went out to Johnstown, Pennsylvania, to do last vet two Veterans Day, I guess last Veterans Day. I'm not sure, but uh, to do a tournament out there, and we kind of combined. We took like four or five of our guys and a bunch of Minnesota guys that we had never met, and we had one Carolina guy that basically coordinated the whole thing and mixed our teams together. But it's probably the best tournament I ever played in off the ice. It was a blast. But, um, you know, after explaining it to them guys, like why we did this and, and everything, it was completely different. And I honestly think I'm not going to name his name, but the guy who set that tournament up for us and, and arranged the teams, he did it on purpose. He did it for a reason. And it was to get us together and, and let us explain. And, you know what I mean? Just get the word out there. Why we, why we did what we did. And, and it wasn't about us being, you know, pricks and wanting to just create some or develop a team that's going to kill everybody else because we're not that team. We're a competitive team, but we're not out there smoking people. Um, as we can, when we, when we get into Nashville, we'll, we'll realize that, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, so. that's later in the story. We, we haven't reached that show note yet. We still got a couple of things to cover before we get to there and yeah. before we get to Dallas, but yeah, but, but yeah, that's, yeah. that's why we did that. So, uh, I, I commend you guys. Like, I think it's really cool. And Utah has, has talked about it too, but the problem is for Utah is it's like, literally I'm in Wyoming and I skate for them and I used to skate for them as an Alaska warrior. So like they, like our team, um, when we went to Dallas and when we went to Tennessee was comprised of, I think like 40% or more out of state guys Whereas like they, they have a great organization, great people, every single player that I've skated with, met, shook hands with all of them, nothing but love, respect. 
Um, but they don't, I don't think they have a big enough pool of players yeah. like someplace like, you know, Fort Worth or, or Dallas area yeah. or Colorado, Colorado Springs area, because that's where you guys are primarily out of. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I just, I think it's cool when you have the population density to, to expand in that direction. And it's not like, like you said, and anyone that's listening to this and is getting upset at all about this, by no means are we saying that you can't come skate for a warrior program because there's right. warrior programs. Dude, I think there's like more than 36, 42 teams. Something, it's something stupid. And there's always one the, popping up. <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm positive. You guys are on the warrior forums because I've yep. met a couple of your guys through the warrior forum. Cause I thought about originally doing like the six hour drive to skate with you guys, but uh, or we'll try out with you guys. Yeah. But you, Utah was a little bit closer for me. Um, so for those of you that are struggling and want to play hockey, but aren't super competitive, if you reach out to this podcast or reach out to me or reach out to Brandon, we can point you in the direction of a team that will take you because there is plenty of teams that take all skill levels from a level players all the way down to D level players. So it's not the fact that necessarily the Colorado warriors don't want you to skate for them. They're just trying to pick the best team to go to tournaments and win. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's funny you bring that up because – but you're exactly right. That's that's what – we wanted to build a competitive team. Um, and, you know, some of us had some hardships with, well, you know, we had – because we had 36 guys come to tryouts. We decided to build a 17-man seven, – and not – I mean, there could have been some, some women too, but they no women came out. Um, and we got some incredible female hockey players here in Colorado Springs. Um so, but yeah, none came out. And a lot of it was, I think people were really unsure about what we were trying to do. They heard tryouts and they heard this and they heard, a, you know, you had to sign a commitment and so on and so forth. Um, so I think it, it turned a lot of people away at that time, but we still did have 36 people come to tryouts. We had a two, two day tryout and we had 36, 36 people come. We selected a 17, 17 man active roster. And then we added five alternates, including one goalie. So, and the reason we did that was we, there was guys that, that had been selected in the tryouts. We said, Hey, we're going to select 23 people or 25 people, whatever it was. And we reached out to, in order, we had the person who, um, the person at the rink who coordinated the, the, I guess the selector, if you will, the one, the ice, the coach on the ice that selected the team. Cause we didn't, at the time we didn't have a coach. We had no coach yet either. So, so we were, we were really shooting at the hip, man. I'm not kidding. When I say that, like everything we did, we're like, boom, let's do that. Yeah. Cool. sounds good. Um, we're a little bit more organized now though. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we said select in the order that, you know, you're, you're 17 that you would have on the roster to take to a tournament tomorrow. And then your other guys put as alternates. And what we ended up coming down to was like the last four or five guys and even like Phil, I had talked to Phil about this. They literally had the same grade. So it was a matter of, Hey, what do we do? And some guys like Phil, for example, we just didn't know. We didn't know Phil. We didn't know some of the other guys. We had never met them before. We'd never other than at tryouts. So the way, the way we did things was, the the roster was already picked so we knew all them guys were going to be on the team regardless it was just a matter of what 17 are going to be there and what 
five are going to be as the alternates. Um, and we kind of had a plan with that in where the alternates, you know, the alternates weren't required to commit like the active guys were, but it all ended up being every one of them alternate dudes, half of them commit or, or show more, um, show more commitment and more drive to be part of this team than some of the, the guys on the active roster. And, uh, and we've done moves. We've moved guys around on the roster too. Um, but yeah, so we had 36 guys come out. Now, granted, some of them were, our goal was to create a high to mid B level team. That was our goal. So some of the guys we had come out were low C, D players. And I'll be honest, some of the guys probably just came out because they wanted the ice time. You know what I mean? So, but um, yeah, I mean, it happens and hey, it was free. We didn't charge for them. So shit, why not come out? I probably would have too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so going into this year, we're going to do things a little bit different. Um, where we're actually to, to caveat off of what you're saying about reaching out and, you know, we can find you if you're a low level player. Our goal this year is we're going to have tryouts again in uh, October or I'm sorry, in November. And we're going to try to create the same level team that we have now, along with probably a high to mid C level team. That's and then awesome. we're also, yeah, we're also looking to, to make a developmental team. Okay. So, and, and the goal for that is, is um, basically the developmental team, bring people in, bring veterans in that have never tried the game before. have never tried this, you know, um, or just aren't, and you know, some of them guys, they're not interested in even playing, going to tournaments, stuff like that. So that would probably be a real low D to a novice level is what we're looking at for the developmental. And the goal with that is to not take them to tryouts and stuff. I mean, I'm sorry, not take them to tournaments and stuff, but just, coordinate some local games, some charity games around the area and, and stuff like that. But the other two teams will be our, our two travel tryouts or two travel tournament teams. That would, that'd be awesome. And then, yeah. And then it gets rid of the whole stigma of you guys yeah. are turning away veterans because now yeah. you're, you're giving veterans a spot everywhere. Yeah. And, yeah, it, and the biggest thing was, is in our first year, we just didn't want to, we had seen it with other organizations. I reached out to a ton of organizations and what I had started to see was they opened the doors wide open and they grew so fast. They didn't know what to do with people. Yeah. And that, no. that was one thing we didn't want to do. And we wanted to c control every aspect of what we do. So it was like a tactical movement, if you will, is we were like, okay, we're going to go here. We're going to, once we're, once we're complete with this and we're comfortable, then we're going to move to this. And that's literally how we've run this organization from day one. And it's, I mean, we've had a couple setbacks here and there, but it's expected. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's the plan for, for, for the upcoming year. That's awesome. Um, I feel, I feel sad for Austin. I feel like, it's okay. I'm just listening. He doesn't, he since he doesn't he's play lost. hockey. He's not, <laughs> I, I don't do hockey. I know nothing about hockey. Well, you just hear it from me all the time. <laughs> I mean, cause I'm always telling him about my fucking games or whatever. Yeah. Um, with that hockey. being when that being said, let's 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 trade spots for a second. You you do some of the interviewing and maybe hit them with the next question. Um, yeah, I mean, so one thing I wanted to ask um, is like, what made you decide to start this? Like, what was your overall like aha moment? Like, I need to start this. So, like I said, like I had said before, we were part of another organization that was kind of just like they were content with what they were doing, and there wasn't a whole lot going on. 
um, in the community and, and it was not really, there was no, now there was like 70 people on the roster, but sometimes you'd show up to game. We'd play local games up in Denver. That's an hour from us. And you couldn't get more than six or seven guys to show up. And it was always the same six or seven guys. So myself and Kyle, we just decided we wanted more. We knew we could do better. We're seeing all these other organizations like Lone Star and Dallas and, you know, Alaska, them guys like just flourish, you know what I mean? And, and, and North Carolina, and we wanted to just, we wanted to do that. Um, so, but more than just hockey, we wanted to get into the community. We wanted to, to figure out a way how we can help the veteran community in any way we can, or just the community as a whole, not necessarily the veteran community. And that was really the motivation that drove us to, to get this going. And, and then when we just put our heads together, I mean, we're both hockey guys, you know, um, we both grew up playing, Kyle played juniors. So we knew what we were doing when it came to this. We just had to figure out the business aspect of it because no matter how you look at it, this is a business, 100%. you know? Yeah. Go on, Austin. You got this. I just okay, feel like you're uh, not talking oh, at all. That's fine. Um, and then the next thing we wanted to cover is just your backstory um, because you obviously are a veteran because I'm playing yeah. Wonder Warrior hockey. So if you want to dive into that. Yeah. So, uh, so I was in the Army for uh, 15 years. I did uh, three deployments, all to Iraq, um, all pretty much back to back to um, in 2006, I got wounded, um, did a pretty fast recovery, ended up turning around and, and redeploying again in 2000, 2000, the end of 2008 into 2009. Um, my first two deployments, I was at Fort Drum, New York. So that was, that was awesome. That was a blast. Cool. Pit Mountain. That's so it's cold, dude. Right dude, it's cold, but I'll tell you what, the worst duty station as far as location but hands down the best unit I was ever in. I mean, it was, they treated us incredible. I mean, we, you were confident everywhere, every deployment on the deployments you went on, but, um, but yeah, I did two back-to-back -back deployments with them. Um, my second one with them was when I got wounded and then we came back and actually during that second deployment, right before it had happened, I called my wife and I said, Hey, I got to re-enlist, man. What am I doing here? Am I staying in? She's like, well, shoot. I mean, do you really have a choice? I'm like, well, I always got choices. You know I mean? At that time I didn't have a degree. I didn't have anything, so I was like, Army was all I knew from the time I was, you know, just coming out of, a little bit older and just coming out of high school, but I had already had a kid. I had a, my, my first son was born when I was, the day after I turned 18, so, with my wife, so, yeah, so we already had a little one, and it's like, hey, what do we do? So I decided to re-enlist, and I called her, and I said, hey, we're going to Europe. She's like, what? I was like, yeah, we're going to Europe. So, and in reality, you know, Europe was not really on my mind. It was the bonus. I got like $22,000 to re-enlist, right. so I was like, dude, the bonus is where it's at. I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Wait, where am I, where am I going? So, but that's how they yeah. get you. It's like, yeah. Oh, you, if you sign up, we'll give you this amount of money. And yeah. then after you sign up, they're like, Oh, well, we're sending you here. Yeah. Like, and what? she's like, uh, yeah, exactly. She was like, uh, well, where are we going to Europe? I'm like, well, I'm not airborne. So we're not going to Italy. So we're going to Germany somewhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so we went to Germany, I, uh, went to Baumholder and, uh, I got slapped with another awesome duty station, man. But uh, Bomb but yeah, sucks, <laughs> dude. <laughs> the rock, man. It was yeah. my wife. Used to, for the first six months we were there, she stood on our balcony and and she cried and she cried. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. So <laughs> that's, sad. that's sad. I should have laughed. I'm sorry. Yeah. Your wife's so, but then, yeah, but then you know, the last six months, 
she cried because she didn't want to leave Germany. So, but yeah, I did a point a deployment while I was there in Germany to to Iraq again, and uh, I did all all three of mine to Iraq, and then I came back from that deployment, was looking to reenlist again, and I got called into my sergeant major's office, and he's like, hey, he's like, hey. and we had a really tight knit unit there, so it was really I don't want to say too casual, but for those for the people that haven't been stationed in Germany, the army's different there. You know, it's it's a lot different there, a lot more casual. It's a lot different. It's a lot yeah. different. Unless unless you're in Vicenza, uh, that's that's where the the airborne unit is in Italy, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. I was I was out of uh I was out of launch tool and it was like okay. super fucking chill. Super yeah. fucking chill. Like first yeah, I mean, basis stuff in comparison to like a regular line unit at Fort Drum. Oh yeah, Benning or you know Fort Collins or Fort Lewis yep. or like even even Hawaii like have stricter shit like yeah, yeah. Fort Drum so, you, you knew like it was parade rest and attention no matter what you were doing yeah. when you got when you got to Germany it was kind of you just knew where the line was and you knew what the not what not to cross and and you know but he he called me in and he's like hey you got uh you got orders I'm like I didn't even reenlist yet, Sergeant Major. He's like, no, I know. He's like, that's the best part. He said, I can't wait to see your face when I slide these over to you. He slid them over, over the over his desk, and he said, uh, he's like, you're going to be a drill sergeant. I was like, no. <laughs> I said, Sergeant Major, that's not for me. He, and my first sergeant just stood back there, and he goes, Jesus Christ, there is no way this guy is going to be a drill sergeant. Because I just had a very, like, uh, I was, I'm not going to lie, at that time, I was motivated. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm not the only thing I hated about deployments was I hated being away from my family. That was it. So, and at that time we had our son and we had a daughter that time too. So that was, that was the biggest issue. But, but truth be told, being a drill sergeant was probably the best thing I did in my career. I hated it while I was doing it, but after I was done, I missed it. Um, yeah. But I, I think overall it was probably, uh, it was, it was harder being a drill sergeant than it was deploying family wise because I was five miles down the road and I still couldn't, you know, there's, I'd have to be there at four in the morning and I wasn't leaving there sometimes till 1130 at night. And some nights I call her and be like, Hey, I'm staying in my office tonight. Cause I got to be back in two and a half hours. So, so yeah, so I went, I was, uh, did two years and then, uh, they called all us 11. I ended up being at Fort Jackson. I was supposed to go to Benning and a week, be- about two weeks before I graduated, they pulled us in and said, uh, Hey, all the 11 Bravos, they were, they just went down the line and they were like, still, they were like uh, Leonard Wood and they just went like that and they got to me. They're like Jackson. And I was already at Jackson for school. And I'm like, no, I'm supposed to go to Benny. And they're like, no, you're going to, you're staying at Jackson. I'm like, well, fuck my life, you know? Mm-hmm. And the, the first thing that came to my mind was there's females at Jackson. You're training pogues. Yeah. And I had never been, I had never worked with females in the army, you know, other than yeah. going up to the S, S shop and being like, Hey, where's my paperwork? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So, and I know from, from dealing with some of them, how they were, uh, not all females, so please don't put in that category, but you know, it's just some that I was like, yeah, I know, I know, right? Already. But I, I'll cover it up though right now. So, so I ended up staying at Jackson. I went there and I, I'm not going to lie, man. I was there two years. I got involuntary extended for a third year there. Probably the best soldiers that we produced out of there were females. No shit. I mean, I, I, I can remember one story that we had a female, we were doing our 12 mile foot march and she had insane blisters. And she kept saying, I told her, I was like, you're not doing the foot march. And she's like, drill please. I want to do this. She goes, I don't want to be given any hand-me-downs or, uh, you know, giveaways. Like I want to do this. And I'm like, all right, here's the deal. 
I was like, if you fall back, you're done. You're out. So this female, she, I mean, she was a hard charger. She's probably about like four foot nine, maybe weighed like 75 pounds. I, I look back to formation. I go back there and she's walking back there without her boots on just across, oh straight across, just chugging. Her feet were bleeding. And I went back there and I told her she had made it probably like six miles. So apparently she took her boots off right at the beginning. And we just, it was nighttime when we started. So by the time yeah, we yeah. were, I had trekked back and I finally noticed she didn't have boots on. And one of the other privates had told me, they're like, she took her boots off like first two miles. I'm like, at that time, I'm thinking like, man, I'm a shitty drill sergeant. I got a private back here walking with no shoes on. Her feet oh are bleeding. But at the same time, dude, I gained so much respect for her in that moment. And I told her, I called the van. I said, you're getting in the van. I said, you did your 12 miles. I said, hands down. I said, there's out of the other 120 people we have right here. I said, probably 99 of them would have gotten the van already or just sat on the side of the road. So, so yeah, so some of them female soldiers that, that came out of there, they, I mean, they blew my mind, like as far as how productive they were and, and how great of soldiers they became. But, but yeah, so then I left Fort Jackson um, on the involuntary extension. Part of the deal was not that I had a choice to, to stay an extra year, but they were like, Hey, you can go to any duty station you want. And we had been, my, my oldest son was playing elite level soccer. So the goal was to get him out here to the national development program in Colorado Springs for soccer. And so I said, hey, I wanna go to Fort Carson. So sure enough, I came to Fort Carson. I got here and right away they were like, hey, we're deploying. I was like, cool, I'm ready to go. Where are we going? We're going to Afghanistan. I'm like, sweet, I haven't been there. Let's do it. I'm ready to get back on the line. Yeah. We go through SR SRP and, the, and uh, going through the the physical part of SRP and, and the lady, she's like, hey, do your, any of your injuries bother you? And I'm like, no, you know what I mean? I get my my stuff drained, you know, once every couple months. And so she's like, I'm gonna go send you to the ortho. So I went and seen the ortho and he's like, no, I can't keep, I can't send you on deployment. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, actually, I'm not even gonna recommend you stay in the army. I'm like, hold the fuck up. I've been in the army 15 fucking years. I got you know five like, years I'm, left, dude. I'm oh, on the honey. fucking, I mean, I'm at the point now where I barely got to put pants on to go to work. You know I mean? I'm on the downslide, so. Um, sure as shit. I asked for a second opinion, went and saw it to the Air Force Academy and saw the head uh, orthopedic surgeon. And he's like, no. Um, long story short, after being there, uh, from the time I signed in to Fort Jackson, I mean, I'm sorry, Fort Carson, to the time I was out of the army was nine months. So, and we had just bought a new house. We had just bought new cars when we moved here. And it was a fucking smack in the face, dude. And um, my wife, I remember like, She's like, you got to fight, you got to fight, you got to fight. And I did, and I did, and I did. And it was just, I tried to do the co-ed, the, the stay on active duty thing and just go to a different MOS. Mm -hmm. And the infantry wouldn't release me because they were so short manned. But yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. And I, I couldn't do anything. And, and I fought it and fought it and fought it. And then um, I ended up getting a solid disability rating. I got a 90% disability rating. So, the, you know, the JAG, they told us, they're like, hey, I've seen guys come through here with way worse stuff than you and they don't get your rating. They're like, so probably just, you know, high five, wave to the army and, and dip out of here. You know what I mean? And, and fight your other, your other battles down the road. I think you got a good thing. So, you know, after discussing it with my family and, and figuring out some avenues and at the time, my wife, she was a photographer, so she wasn't making a great amount of money. You know what I mean? She was, she, I mean, she did, she was making, she was, she was doing her part, but she just wasn't making a killing or anything like that. So we definitely were going to struggle. And, and we did, man, we, we, we ended up, uh, we had to sell our house cause we were going to lose our house. 
Um, and we moved there, tried to move back to South Carolina because we still owned a home there in South Carolina that we were renting out. And fortunately, their lease was coming up. So we moved back there. And then it sucked because we were moving our kids in high school. And we had a, our daughter. She was a she was a junior and our son had just graduated. So it, it was a mess. But um, sure. but yeah, so we ended up coming. We moved to South Carolina. The Army paid for me to move all my stuff back to South Carolina. And then we turned around and moved right back here less than a year later to Colorado. So, um, yeah, so while we were in South Carolina, I was still applying for jobs. There, there were still jobs on the books that I had applied for while I was still here trying to get a job. Um, and then I'm getting a federal job at range control in Fort Carson. And that was like oh, the saving yeah. grace for us, man. Yeah. So I ended up, we, we came back here and we decided to build another house. We rented a house for a year, built another house. And then my wife, uh, she decided when she came back here to get into real estate. And if you know anything about the Colorado real estate market, dude, it's, it's yeah. through the roof right now. So, so yeah, so now she's, she's, she's the, the, the money maker, man. She's the breadwinner. She's, She's the, here's your list for today. Do this. <laughs> she's the one that pays for all your warrior hockey is what you're saying. She's the one that pays for all that warrior hockey. Well, she's paying for the ice time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of my whole story right there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it, it sucked, man. It, and it's still, and, and honestly, probably until about a year ago, maybe two years ago, I was still so bitter with the army, so bitter about how they handled it and like just, pushing me out because that's what I felt like I felt like it was just like hey we're done with you see you later you know what I mean here's a here's a nice severance check here's a 90% disability rating there you go see you later have a good day and I'm like fuck you man like I've I've done so much I feel for for you you know what I mean you know it, it, like my body and and everything I just kind of I was bitter I was really bitter and went through some pretty dark times some tough times too you know what I mean so and, and fortunately I had my wife, who was, she was, she was there for me and was able to just be like, Hey, get your shit together. You know what I mean? And you're tougher than this. You're stronger than this. And you can't let somebody, something like that bring you down. But yeah. so, yeah. So, you know, and then I was into Jeeps, man. And I started a veteran Jeep club and that honestly was my saving grace at that time. And it was just the camaraderie of people liking Jeeps. And, and I had stopped playing hockey at that time too. I didn't play hockey for, dude, I don't know. I mean, probably six years. I hadn't played hockey and I had no interest in going back to playing hockey. Um, you know, and I gained a ton of weight getting out of the army too. It was like that DD 214 plus 30 pounds. Here you go. So, <laughs> so I was like, man, I'm not getting back on the ice. I'm going to kill myself. So, so yeah, it, it was did the Jeep club thing and then got involved with warrior hockey and man, warrior hockey has just been like, I say the Jeep thing was my saving grace, but I think probably warrior hockey, like I'm motivated every day to do something for warrior hockey um whether it be you know what i mean get on the ice with the guys or it be you know talking to like anybody who's starting who's doing a tournament you know saying hey how can i help you out from here how can i do this or reaching out to the community and being like hey what can we do for you you know we don't we're not asking for anything in return but we want to help the community because you know that's what that's what we're looking to do so so warrior hockey has been has been my my saving grace i'll say for sure yeah, it's um, and and we've talked about on the podcast before. Um, warrior hockey is so much bigger than hockey. It's mm. it's that camaraderie that most veterans are missing. It's honestly like 
one of the better suicide prevention techniques for like getting oh, people, 100%. like veterans and stuff back together or people that are getting ready to transition out of the military and kind mm -hmm. of want to keep going. And then you have the competitive aspect because most of us that like all three of us were infantry, ironically. Um, hmm. And let's just be honest, we're literally the fucking best. Um, I'm being sarcastic, but I'm also being <laughs> no, no, but like it's just a lot of us, uh, you know, infantry guys get out and we kind of carry a little bit of an ego with us, mm -hmm. but we also at the same time value the family aspect of serving with brothers and sisters. Yeah. Um, it it's funny, I'm gonna go on a little tangent here because it, it was something you were saying earlier. You know, I was um, my first my first time in. I, I was in for three and a half years, and you know, I was only with guys as well. And I worked my way up into doing like pre ranger and smoking pre ranger to the point where they're like, "Hey, like we're gonna send you to ranger school, or you can try out for uh, recon and snipers at the battalion level for just our our um, line battalion." And uh, it's pretty cool because like out of 800 guys, they only picked 24 guys to be on the recon and sniper team. So I did that okay. and, you know, pretty much picked up this poor life bias that like that men can do anything and that like, you know, do like women really help that much? Like, cause well, you know, like, especially back then though. Yeah. And and those who are women that are listening to this, just bear with me for a sec because it was it was insanely immature. And keep in mind, I was 19 to 23 years old when all this stuff was processing in my brain. I had done a very violent deployment with nothing but guys. I had watched a couple of my friends, you know, get hurt. I watched a couple of my friends get killed. And, you know, I had this mentality that, like, guys can do anything. And I had never worked with girls as well. So when I got recalled, a lot of people on this podcast, I already know that story, but the, the summary for you, Brandon, was uh, I was out for four and a half years and I got a fucking IRR recall letter with three months left on that eight year obligation that we signed. Oh, wow. I had to come back in for 15 months and go to Afghanistan. And then to top it off, they put a bunch of infantry recall guys with a bunch of Air Force and Army civil engineers civil affairs and medics and a couple like other like s shops um to do a deployment where we were just security force for them in afghanistan when it was bloody as hell at that point and it was all like prt missions for those of you who don't know yeah. what that means is uh provincial reconstruction team or provisional reconstruction team it's yeah. it's basically like hearts and minds you go out and you you talk to the community and you try to improve the community by the community's needs and like force the Taliban out. And two things I, I learned about like getting recalled was uh, I got to work with a lot of women and immediately learned the value. And, you know, it's not, it's not if you're male or female, it's, it's about like here, it's about heart and it's about here, mental toughness. Yeah. And, and that's part of the reason why we have this podcast because you know we want to bring on people that have struggled and you know persevered and it doesn't matter if you're male or female 
and that was one of the things I definitely learned. Uh, one of, one of my best friends on the deployment was a female and, uh, she has a purple heart. Uh, she got presidential accommodations from president Obama, uh, was nice. responsible for, for saving three guys, um, including herself after hitting a 500 pound roadside bomb, uh, and MRAP, uh, just one, like just a super badass human. And the, the point is like, when, when she met me, she actually came up to me and knew that I had a decent amount of combat experience. So she had a shit ton of questions for me. She was like an E3 or E4, and I was an E5 at the time. And she's like, Sergeant, yo, yo, what am I supposed to do when people start shooting at me and this and that? And I kind of just looked at her and I'm like, honestly, like, you're not going to know what you're going to do. Like, your training yeah. is either going to work or you're going to fold. Like, I'm sorry yeah. to say it that way. Like, there's there's plenty of guys that I knew that I thought were hell of soldiers, like that were going to go out there and fucking murk people all day long. And they fucking fell apart in the very first yeah. firefight. Or yeah, I, mean, to, I mean, to elaborate on yeah. what Rob's saying, I mean, you can train as much as you want. I mean, you yeah. can train for hours and hours and years on years, but it doesn't matter until you get into that real situation that you don't know how your body is going to react. hundred percent. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast, but um, before we we push past uh, Kuwait to go into Iraq on our first raid that night, I, I wasn't religious at the time, but I, I remember crying and praying and talking to my chaplain because I was like, tomorrow I think I'm going to die. And he's like, why do you say that? And I was like, because like, I'm scared. He's like, it's okay to be scared. That's normal. He's like, but you, you have to rely on, you know, your, your brothers and your sisters and you have to rely on God and you have to rely on training. And I remember praying, I was like, just please let me do my job. Like just guide my hands, like guide my hands. That's all I ask. Like guide my hands, guide my mind. That way I'm doing the right things. And I'm sure you've experienced this in firefights, but like yeah, those, those first couple are such an outer body experience that like, like it's giving me goosebumps yeah. talking about because yeah. like it's just like you you don't have control of what you're doing, but your bother your body's either going through the motions and it's doing it correctly, or I've watched guys completely shut the fuck down mm -hmm. and just curl into a ball, crying yep. and shit. And I I personally thought I was gonna be that guy. Like I, I'm not trying to act like a tough guy by any means. Like I joke around a lot on this podcast and I act like I'm fucking tough. But I was a fucking little mama's boy that got sent off to war at fucking 20 years old, man. I was scared to fucking death, but I performed. So long story short, going back to the chick, I told her that story and I was like, Hey, like you're going to perform or you're going to fold. Like, I'm sorry, but here's the deal. I already know that I'm going to perform. And I got your six. Like I, I will be there if I'm on mission with you. You're gonna be fine. Like I will get you out sure. of shit. And and you know, yeah. So I mean, what's what's your thoughts on that, guys? Because like, good, lay it on me. I've been rambling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree 100. percent I've seen it both both ends. I mean, like I've seen dudes that you're like, oh man, this dude's gonna. Yeah, I definitely want to be next to him. And next thing you know, this dude's hiding in the truck. You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? So, and then I've seen brand new private straight out of basic come to deployment with us who you're like, man, I do not want to be near this guy when this goes down. 
and he's out there ripping the saw like crazy you know what i mean so I've seen I've seen both aspects of it, and I agree with you 100. percent And Austin's exactly right. You don't know until it happens, until that moment. And every single time it happens, it's a different feeling. You know what I mean? Depending on the situation. So, so yeah, I, I agree. It's uh, it's definitely one of those things that it's, you know. And after after the first one, you do know. You're like you kind of know what to expect, but it's that whole, the initial the initial beginning of it and then then you finally are able to assess the situation and you're like me personally um and this goes for everyday life not just like in combat but when crazy things are going on when something nuts is going on my mind literally slows down everything yeah. in my mind slows down and i can i i can think so much clearer and i can visualize things so much better um just like uh, it's probably about a month ago my daughter and i were or my i'm sorry my son and i were driving my little one and I were driving back from uh, the grocery store and we have a four-way intersection by our house. And this guy ran a red light and hit this lady, broadsided this lady. And uh, at the time when I saw it, it happened, you know, 25 yards in front of us and pulled my truck to the side of the road, got out, went over to make sure she's okay. And the first thing I noticed was she had a little girl who wasn't in a car seat in the back seat. And she ended up on the floorboard of the front seat. So first thing I went, I went over to the little girl, but everything was just so slow to me you know what i mean like i i was able to process everything like check her make sure she's good check the mom make sure she's good the mom's good go to the little girl um but then there's a another guy that was behind her when it happened and he's freaking out going nuts like like yeah. trying to like smash the back window to get in i'm like what are you doing the door's wide open we can, you, <laughs> you know what i mean and so it, it it gave me that realization to see like how how this was handled from from this guy who who maybe I don't know his backstory maybe he went through a hell of a lot more than I ever went through and maybe he didn't but I know my personal is I was able to just slow down assess the situation and take control of it and and that's how I always was like um, deployed and and I handle that every day everyday life with situations you know what I mean now, some things I overreact for sure you know what I mean my wife's always like you like just bam you like just jump out and I do. And there's no doubt about it. Like, um, but when it comes to something that's that's seriously like trouble, like even my kids getting hurt, um, it's just I'm able to just get in there and just do what I got to do and 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 slow it down. And and I don't know really what to contribute that to. I mean, is it training? Is it just the way that you know us? So a lot of us uh, eleven Bravos or infantry guys are because infantry is yeah. the best. Maybe that's just how just we're how bred. <laughs> Yeah, yeah so. I, I think it's just I, how, how our brain works. I mean, I I'm think the same it, way. Yeah. I mean, I'm the same way when, you know, when shit gets crazy, um, it takes a minute, but then you just got to take a deep breath and slow things down mm -hmm. um, to figure shit out because yeah. going crazy over everything isn't going to solve anything. You just got to right. take a deep breath and kind of breathe and be like, okay, well, we got to do this, 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 and then we'll get through this, you know, yep. not just yeah. going to trying to do a million things at once doesn't work even though you want to. Yeah, that's my wife. When something happens, she freaks out. Like, she's like frantic. And I'm like, just calm down. Like, it's okay. Like, I know his head is gushing blood right now. But <laughs> I'm going to take my hand. Okay. He's not going to die. Yeah. Okay. I, know, I know he's nine and his blonde hair is red now, but we got this. And just relax. And then she'll when say to me after, she's like, how the hell are you so calm? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. But... I, when when things aren't crazy, I'm more high strung when things aren't crazy. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? So. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, it's 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 interesting. All, all of it's interesting, and it's just I don't know. Like one of the things that we do, um, like, and I'll I'll even be honest. It, it even got brought up about you. Um, Austin and I want to have people on this podcast that that we think fought like hell in life to to get to where they are today or they're currently fighting like hell to get where they want to go. And, right. you know, I knew you just from warrior hockey. I, I knew that you're a veteran. I knew you're um, partially disabled. Uh, by the way, um, when we end the podcast, you and I need to talk because um, I have a, a lawyer. I can help you. I, I have some information for you about like <laughs> um, disability stuff. Cause okay. Yeah. So we got to talk about that. And anyone else who's struggling with a rating that like legitimately served their country and didn't fucking hurt their back picking up stacks of paper. If you, if you do that and you're hundred percent ready, go fuck yourself. Like that like pisses me off beyond belief. I hurt when myself guys, eating an MRE. When guys like Brandon mm. or guys like myself got pretty much fucking pushed out of the army. I didn't even get medically discharged. Um, and then, you know, got a rating 90% as well, but mine's about ready to go up. Yeah. And well, I, and, I got mine bumped to a hundred, but it wasn't easy, but it happened. So. Okay, good. Then never mind. Yeah. We don't, we don't have to talk about, it. I'm getting mine <laughs> bumped here too, but it's just bullshit because there's men and women, men and women that have experienced what you would consider as uh, significant um, trauma, significant yeah. trauma and or disabilities that mm -hmm. like, you know, can stand in front of you and show you their body parts and you think that they're fine, but you have no idea what that person's fucking been through. And some sure. of them are rated, are rated at 40%. Some of them don't have ratings. And then you got some fucking paper pusher who barely did it. All right. I'm going to tell you guys a little story. So, I met an infantry dude when I was stationed in Alaska and um, his wife was retired. And one night me, my ex-wife and his wife and him went out to dinner. We we're all bullshitting. And she had just got her rating. She had got medically discharged from the military. She was like one of the S shops and S shops in general are like support. Um, I don't remember what she was, but for the sake of argument, let's just say that she was, uh, what's S3? Uh, let's just say she was logistic support or something like that. Yeah. Something fucking, like it wasn't even Intel. So she wasn't even on strategic mission planning, which mm -hmm. I know a lot of the guys and girls get PTSD from that because they design the missions that you go sure. on. And people right. die in those missions, and then you fucking feel terrible because you provided that intel to that infantry or, unit. That's just like or, just like a drone pilot gets PTSD exactly. from one mm -hmm. trigger. So this girl did not do that. Anyways, mm -hmm. she gets drunk, and she starts telling you know my ex-wife and I about how she's a hundred percent rated and how she gamed the system. And basically what she did was uh, when she went in to do like her VA evaluation was she wore shoes that were um, one size too small. So they crinkled her feet. Um, she, uh, I think she went and like did a bunch of like deadlifts uh, uh, the day before. So she like had her back all hunched over and like herniated herself a little bit. Um, 
anytime the doctor would touch her, she would scream and like be in agony. And she, she like flat out told us that she was so sick of serving in the army that she wanted to get everything she could back from them. This fucking asshole never even deployed. Um, her husband mm. had been on three deployments, was a badass dude, super humble, super cool. Him and I had snowboarded a couple times before. This is the first time I ever met his wife. And like, she's just going on a tangent. And finally, like at one point she stopped or he stopped her and he's like, do you realize that like Rob's a combat veteran that like, you know, isn't a hundred percent rated. He's like, maybe this isn't the best time to talk about all this stuff. Yeah. Right. right. But, but that's, that's all I'm trying to say is like, there, there's men and women out there that need to be reevaluated and or evaluated. So if you guys have any questions on that, reach out to me. I have a, a really good point of contact that's already helped for Alaska warriors and uh, is currently helping me. Um, nice get their their rating up to where it should be so all right that's all i got on that um let's get into some other stuff all right we're gonna kick it back to hockey actually because there's two things i want want to talk to you about uh, before we got way off in the deep end on shit so the first time you and i i think actually met because we're at the same tournament in uh september last year but we didn't know each other was um probably through phil at the the Dallas tournament that uh, the Lone Star Classic where you were in the upper league and I was in the lower division with Utah. Why don't you tell us about the the two probably coolest fucking games of the entire world? (laughs) Dude, uh, I'll tell you what. So that was, so technically that was, that was our our first tournament with Colorado Wars. Yeah. Um, It was our third or fourth game that we had played um and these games that we had played really weren't that competitive they weren't that you know what i mean they were just it was like barely games if you will kind of um so we got there and we played that first game and of course the very first team we play is uh st louis so i had i'm a big i'm a chirper man I, i i like to give it to people and and i don't mind taking it back but sometimes i thought i had maybe stepped over the edge because we had had a uh a coordinator's meeting, a captain's meeting on Zoom a couple of days prior. And I was talking like, like good warrior chat talk to, uh, to some of the St. Louis guys and some of the Lone Star guys. And, and, I, and then I'm watching St. Louis and I'm like, dude, these guys are practicing three days a week. These guys are whooping up on these teams in the St. Louis area. I told the boys, I'm like, hey, I may have dug us in a deep hole. So we need to get our shit together, you know what I mean? And make sure we go out there. Um, so we played St. Louis. It definitely was, you could see that it was our, it was, we were nervous. It was, it was our first game. We ended up winning that game three, one. So that definitely boosted our confidence. And then here comes the second game. Lone Star. Um, and that night, uh, there was probably like four or five of the boys that went to the club and the, the night prior to the Lone Star game, because we played them early in the morning and then they had a late game, I think like eight 30 that first night, that Friday night. So, a bunch of us stayed back to watch that game and it was against Minnesota. And it was, it was, the game was crazy there. And it was a physical game. It was a, a, a dirty game, you know what I mean? From both parts, there was six being broke over, over legs and it, it was crazy. So we were like, Oh shit, man, like Lone Star has got it together. Um, and the only thing I knew about Lone Star was seeing some of them guys play 
while we were at that tournament that last September out there. And that's all I really knew about them. So when we got out there, man, that, that first game, that was intense. It was, it, we would score, they would score. We would score, they would score. They would score, we would score. They went back and forth. And I, I think we were probably tied. I don't exactly remember. At the end of every period, we were tied in that game. Yeah. Um, I, I watched that entire game. Like uh, yeah. all the Utah Warriors watched that entire game. That was the craziest game as of that point in the yeah. entire <laughs> weekend. Like it was wild. Continue though, yeah. dude. Yeah, that, that first game in, and it was it was fast and it was physical and it was, but it was a good physical. There was nothing dirty going on in that game. Um, it was just a solid hockey game. It was a it was a great game, and we get into the uh, we get into the shootout and. Um, I think, uh, I think I went second for our team. Um, our first guy scored, then they scored, then I scored, then I think they scored. <laughs> so, yeah. and then we had our third guy go and I think he missed. And then their guy went and he, there was a save. Um, so then we were back to, we ended up going and, and we had, we ended up winning that game. And that was, that was a huge momentum and confidence booster for us um so we get done that game man and it was just like the the build-up for that game I don't think I've I've played hockey all my life um at a competitive level up to I mean I played triple a was the furthest I played but just the fact that some you know what are two of the guys that played juniors on our team they say they're like man it's probably the most intense game I ever played was that game and that was the first one so um the game was just intense. It was an awesome game. And then the next day we played, or then later that night we played Minnesota. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we played Lake Superior. Uh, we beat, I don't remember what the score was. We beat them. I think it was, uh, we, it, was it wasn't a, a real tough game for us at that point. I think they just wanted to see another Lone Star in Colorado showdown. So they were kind of just like, hey, let's just make this happen. So then Sunday we go out there for the championship game. And I, I'm telling you, man, like, I, I don't know why I don't know ever get like this, but I was definitely nervous for that championship game. And I could tell that in the, in the room, all the boys were nervous because it was quiet. Um, and it wasn't our normal thing that we were doing, like just like the music and the this and the that. And it was, it was pretty, it was pretty chill. Everybody was just kind of like, all right, we know that that game could have went one of two ways that first one. And we know damn well that they're going to come out and they're going to be blazing. Um, so yeah, that game, that second game, man, it was like, it was like Groundhog Day. It was back and forth and back oh, and yeah. forth and back and forth. <laughs> so, yeah. and then uh, we get into the third period. I think there was about, um, that game was a little bit different. It was a little bit more physical. There was a little bit more uh, chirpy stuff coming on, going on from, chippy stuff going on from both teams. Um, and I remember there was probably about, there was two minutes left, a little over two minutes, maybe like two minutes and 10 seconds left. And I got, I got just blatantly freaking, I was coming up and I got blatantly tripped at the blue line and I just turned around and, and took out, took out the guy's skates and, uh, and I get the call and they didn't get the call. So I was pretty, I was pretty hot. I go to the box and uh, I'm like, I can't believe it. it's tie game. There's less than, there's two minutes left. This was, why did I, this is stupid. I can't Death believe wish. I did this. Death dude. Wish, dude. We're yeah. like, no, why did they do yeah. that? It was like I didn't realize that was I didn't realize that was you yeah. that went to the box on that play because yeah. like, dude, there's only like a little bit less than two minutes. They're gonna be on uh, penalty no. kill. Yep, like two minutes and ten seconds left, I think it was. And then, dude, I go in the box, we kill the penalty. I come out of the box and I go right to the play. It's just inside the zone to my left, and 
their dude on their team, Sullivan, man, he's backing up to the boards and I hit him. Didn't even mean to really hit him. I just meant to play the body, but I, I'm going to throw this out there. I think he lunged into the boards a little bit, but him and I have talked since then. And, but yeah, I mean, I apologize to him for the hit cause it was a shitty hit. I, I did hit him from behind. I go right back in the box, dude. There's like six seconds left in the game. I'm like, fucking idiot. What are you doing? Right. I look across the bench, man. And our coach, um, he just was kind of like dumbass. You know what I mean? Like, what, what did you do? So we go through the entire overtime and it's down to, there's like five seconds left in the overtime and our vice president, Kyle, he gets a, he gets an open net on a half partial breakaway and he misses the open net. And he's going to kill me for saying this on here because I tease him all the time about it. He's like, thanks a lot, dude. He's like, I got to live with that every day. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, so we go to a shootout again. You know what I mean? We go, we did the overtime, then we go to a shootout and which I think, I wish we would have continued in overtime instead of going to a shootout, but I know they had time constraints and I, I know why we did it, but yeah, dude, they went back and forth again in the shootout and just, man, when that, it was everyone like, scored except for yeah. one, one player on your guys' yep. side. And then, yeah, but continue, yeah. continue. Like it was, that was insane. Yeah, dude. I, I was sitting on the bench when that went on because I straight up knew I wasn't doing the shootout because I just took two stupid ass penalties. So I didn't even like turn around to look to see if I was getting called for the shootout. I just knew I wasn't. Um, but yeah, when they scored that final goal to win, man, it was just like the head just dropped and it was, it was, I looked to my right down the bench and everybody was like that. And then uh, I just stood up and I'm like, Hey, pick your fucking heads up, man. We have so much to be proud of what we just did this weekend. Um, because not one of us in that room, I think we probably all believed that we could go out there and be extremely competitive, but we didn't think that we would play like we played. Um, especially with it being, I mean, all said and done at the end of the tournament, that was our sixth or seventh games together playing as a team. So, yeah, so, you know, it was, uh, they deserve that win. I, I've told, you know, there are a world-class organization, Lone Star is. I mean, Chris and, and Bryce and Cal and all them boys out there, they, uh, you know, they pulled us aside. They're like, hey, we're going to donate this, the winnings to you guys because you guys are brand new and you guys need this and you deserve it. And I'm like, man, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if, if we would have even thought to do that in that moment. You know what I mean? So I got to give them tons of credit for that. That was awesome. Um, but yeah, it, it was, that was, and that motivated us to be like, dude, we, we can, we can play in this warrior top warrior division and teams are going to know now Lone Star and warrior or Lone Star and Colorado. They're going to be the two teams to, to get ready for. Um, yeah, and it, it was just, it was an awesome tournament. I think, I think them guys did a great job putting it together as fast as they did and with the little amount of time that they did. And we had an amazing time and we can't wait to go back next year. That's for sure. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is like, I up at that point had been hanging out with the, the Lone Stars and the Dallas Warriors probably for like nine months at that point. So I knew how fucking good they were. And I pulled, mm -hmm. well, I, I would talk to Phil on the phone or like bullshit with him when he'd come up here, we'd go hiking. I'm like, I don't think you guys understand how good the Lone <laughs> Stars are. Like, like they're like, I didn't, I didn't want to say the tournament was rigged, but like I was confident that they were going to win the tournament and it was yeah. going to be flat out. Like, like I was, I, I would make fun of Phil. I was like, you guys are going to get fucking steamrolled. Like they're <laughs> so good. And then you guys go out there and win that first game. And 
and it was cool because it was a huge ass stadium and yeah. you know, they had a shit ton of fans there, especially for the championship games. Yeah. And uh, my, mind you, um, while you were taking the ice, I was just getting off the ice because I was crying because uh, we had lost our championship game as well. Because <laughs> Utah made it all the way to the championship, fucking got rocked, rocked by Tampa Bay. They beat yeah. the shit out of us. Um, we had a couple guys get like stupid penalties at the end of the game. It was just fucked. Anyways, so I had just gone off the ice and watched you guys get on, but that was the the quickest like championship loss shower I'd ever taken because yeah. <laughs> I wanted to fucking shower off quick, get dressed, wipe my tears out of my eyes, and like get back out there to watch your guys' uh, round two. So I, I got out there probably like towards the end of the first period and watched the entire game. I was like, this is insane. How are how are they doing this again? Like games, yeah. games don't like line up that way. Like two times in a row that go into fucking overtime no. and fucking shootouts and like, oh, hands yeah, down. Like, I mean, it was like, cool. yeah. I mean, on the bench, it was like Groundhog Day, man. It was like, oh, dude, we scored, we got the lead, boom, we're out. Thanks, we're, we're, yeah. They scored. And it was just, and it was back and forth, man. And it was just like, oh, they got the lead. Okay, boom, we score. And it wasn't like it was going full periods with with these between these goals it was like they score and then you know within three three four minutes we're scoring and, and vice versa so it, it was crazy it was and it was it was to be honest with you it was exhausting <laughs> so it looked exhausting yeah like, so but yeah um, it was it was awesome yeah um so i'm gonna hit you with a question that i asked permission to like talk about before uh we got into this yeah. but uh so <laughs> You and I went to another tournament, um, probably a couple months later, late May. Yeah, uh, it was the tournament you were talking about earlier in Tennessee, and mm-hmm. uh, you know everyone had high expectations that you guys were probably going to win the tournament. At least in my mind, I thought you guys were going to win because Dallas yeah. didn't go to that. Well, the Dallas Warriors went, and they were in the lower, uh, or they were like in C or I, I can't yeah, remember. I think so. <laughs> you guys were in B, and I watched two of your games. What the fuck happened, dude? Because like yeah, it was completely so, different. It was a completely yeah. different tournament. Well, um, to start it off, I think that I think Dallas got us overconfident. To be honest with you, yeah. to to begin with. Um, now going to going to Nashville, we had two days before we went. Probably our top two guys. One got hurt in practice, broke his hand. And then oh, we had yeah. another guy that, that had pulled a hammy. So, and they were our top two defensemen. Um, so that we knew we were going to struggle right there, but it wasn't, I mean, they don't make the entire team. We knew that we, we, we thought we could still handle what we were doing. So we go down there and I honestly think, and, and we talked about this as a team, as a whole, we went there overconfident. We went there thinking we were going to blaze through that tournament and we were just going to smash everybody because Lone Star wasn't going to yeah, be Lone there. Yeah, Lone Star's not there. I was like, I was yeah. like, Phil, you guys are going to win the tournament, dude. Like, the Florida yeah. Panthers have a team. I'm like, please, dude. dude. <laughs> and, I, and I'll tell you what, and, and the fact that we went there and that first game when we played Florida, yeah, that, that, game, that game just absolutely fucked with our heads. I mean, the it shit that went bad, on in that dude. game. But they were the chippy shit that went as on in that fuck, game, dude. It was both sides. I mean, it was both sides, but I mean, it was, I mean, 
I don't necessarily want to dog them out, but you, you know, like I, I can't see anybody on Colorado Warriors after after you score a goal skating by the bench and flipping the team off. It just and that just kind of set us off, man. And and literally it was up and down the bench. Everybody, guys that were the most calmest dudes on our team and, and laid back. They were they were losing their minds. They they wanted like to go out there and kill somebody. And as you've seen, it ended in a bench brawl. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it ended yeah. up in a bench brawl, and and it just. I think that screwed with us the rest of the tournament. And then um, I think we played uh, – I'm not sure who we played in the second game. I want to say Tampa maybe. And I honestly, I think all but except for the last game that we played, we probably should have won. I think we definitely should have beat Florida, and we should have beat Tampa too. But it just – I don't know. I don't know what happened. It was a shit show. And let's just say there was – I don't know if Phil shared it with you, but there was a long email that went out when we came back from Nashville about how – just like everything from the way we played to the way we conducted ourselves to everything. And Hey, this is not us. It's not who we are. We're not going to be like that. And, and that's the last time that happens. So yeah. yeah, it was, it was a shit show, man, to say the least. It was embarrassing, honestly. Yeah, it was. And also that tournament was set up weird. Was that the one that like you got bumped up or bumped down? So we stayed right where we were, but they were bumping that was- teams that were up down and you know one other thing one thing i am going to comment on because i'm still pretty and i've said i mean i've this is one thing now we didn't lose these games because of this however if you go to a tournament as we went to that tournament as colorado warriors and represented ourselves as a warrior team every single person we had was a was warrior was eligible to play in that game in those games other teams at least two of the three we were playing i'm going to go with florida too because we got beef and they know it so they had two or three dudes that all played juniors that went to this game went were on this team they're not warriors they were civilians now granted they were allowed to do it as per the tournament rules yeah but maybe this is just my opinion you don't go there and you don't represent yourself as a warrior organization or as a warrior team and you take you you take civilian dudes i to me, it, it's it's not right. Just don't do it. It's not what we're about. So the only the only thing I, I would push back on on that politely is um, that one was considered as um, not United Hero. It's um, the armed, armed services. Force, armed, armed services. Arm yeah. yeah, it's armed services or armed forces yeah. because we had the problem too. Phil and our team. And uh, we had to put a couple like uh, uh, active. We put a couple active duty on that were working on getting out, and then we had two civilians on the team. No, one civilian on the team. What the other girl was a veteran. But like, I think so. For them to label it a warrior one, that's when you know the team's got to be a hundred percent, you know, ten percent or For more sure. disabled to play. And then these other ones are designed to allow, like, I think they allow like three players that have no affiliation to military. But to support your argument, yeah, I would go and say that, like, you should at least have, if it's United, if it's like services, you should have some service affiliation, like, like maybe a police officer, maybe military. Maybe, and and, yeah. and I hope my Utah team doesn't dog on me for this because we had, <laughs> we had, a, we had a, a wife on the team 
And in a way, she's a spouse of someone that sure. was military. So like mad respect. Yeah. But I kind of see your point too, because it it definitely it definitely allows that gray area where you're like, hey, let's just fucking bring a college player down. You know what I mean? Like, let's just bring exactly. some like really fucking good players. Yeah. So so yeah. And don't get me wrong, I mean I, I they they didn't do anything wrong. They were absolutely within the parameters of the yeah. rules. You know, they, they, they didn't do anything wrong, but I just see it like this, you know what I mean? And then I, I, I see, and then how you have a championship banner now as a, a warrior organization, but were you a warrior organization at the time of that game? I mean, those not games, really. that's you? not, that's not a true warrior team. No, I mean, and then, so you go, so now let's say we go, I, I don't know, in my opinion, like when we played Lone Star, there was, there was two warrior teams, hundred percent warrior teams that battled each other. And that's, you know what I mean? Warrior teams represent the Warrior division oh, in my yeah. eyes. All, all, all those, the, the Warrior teams in the upper and lower were, were traditional Warrior teams. You had right. to be yep. 10% rated or more. Yeah, so. Exactly. Like, so I just, I, I hate the whole the whole promoting, you know, we're a Warrior team, Warrior organization. Look, we won a championship in Nashville. Did you though? Did you really? I don't know. That's just yeah. bitterness, man. It's, it's my... So yeah, don't yeah. get me wrong. We lost them games ourselves. They didn't, we didn't, we didn't lose them games because of anything they did other than beat us. So, but yeah, it won't happen again though. I promise you that. So a display, a uh, uh, performance like that. So it's, and, and, you know, I, like I said, I, I reached out to the entire team and I said, Hey, this is, it was probably about a four page email, if you will. And it was just like, Hey, and putting a lot of the blame on myself too, you know, and, and, that's one thing I've I learned like in the army. You know, I never I never drop blame on somebody else without taking taking my my chunk of it. You know, an email went out to the guys after Dallas too. Like it was a different kind of email. It was like, hey, how proud of them I was. Um, how you know we represented, you know, our organization, our our newly formed organization. We represented ourselves in a manner that you know everybody looked forward to dealing with us and playing us in the future. And you know um just working with us and and that was our goal for dallas honestly the hockey we wanted to go there and win but our goal was to build relationships in dallas you know what i mean just kind of like what we're doing right now so i mean i being there if we would have went there and been a bunch of assholes you know what i mean you would have never been like hey you know what i mean even though you knew phil you probably been like i don't want to meet them they're a bunch of douchebags you know so yeah no because we a lot of us utah guys form the opinion and you know maybe we're incorrect by saying this because we didn't skate against them but uh we were of the opinion that the florida guys were fucking shit bags for like because we've seen you guys play before and we knew that you guys weren't like beyond normal competitive chippy but i just i i don't know i i've been to several of these tournaments all over the usa and you know there's there's certain teams out there um that we had problems with with Alaska, mm-hmm. and then they historically would go to these tournaments and you know purposely start fights and shit. Um, and I don't want to dog on the teams. I won't even bring the names up because some of those teams I actually have friends on. Because like the cool thing is like off the ice, it's it's a lot different. But sure. you know when your team habitually gets in fights um, and you know like brawls, like full on brawls, because you know we're hockey. And you got a bunch of disabled people. Some of them are yeah. still skilled, but you got guys who are probably on like their second or third, like pretty bad traumatic brain injury. It's a, 
I wouldn't say it's non-contact, but it's definitely not full contact. You know what I mean? Like it's not like right. we're out there doing full, full on checks and fighting is not allowed. So the teams that go out there and actually try to just fight and shit, which there are a couple that do that tournament to tournament. Those, I don't know. Like, I just like, dude, you're, you're missing the fucking point. Like, yeah, compete, yeah. compete on the scoreboard, not in the fucking. Yeah, exactly. Box. And that was part of like, uh, I think anybody that saw us in Dallas, I think, I think we, we took maybe a total of four penalties, the entire tournament in Dallas. Two of them were mine. Um, yeah, but, two of them were yours. Half of them were yours, yeah. dude. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, we're just not that team. That's not who we are. We're not, we're not out there trying to fight. We're not out there trying to, and I think that that game, like we just, we tolerated it and tolerated it and tolerated it. And finally we just were, it just, we were up and down the bench. It was just, I, I knew, I knew it, it was changing. Like you, you could literally feel the energy changing to where it went from wanting to win that game to full on aggression to just, you know what I mean? Shut them up basically. So, so, I mean, if their, if their plan was to, if, if they knew anything about how our game went with Dallas or with Lone Star, they, they got in our heads if that's what they were trying to do and, and they succeeded. So, um, so you got to give them that at least if that was their goal. So <laughs> what's, um, what's your guys' next tournament? I think you said it earlier. Uh, yeah. So we play, so this week, myself and Kyle, we're going up, we got invited to a, uh, a charity we're playing with the local Colorado Springs police department in a, in a vet. And I mean, I'm sorry, in a, like a thin blue line charity tournament. And uh, it's, there's, there's police departments from all over. There's, I think Vegas is coming out. I, I there's tons of them, um, but we're playing in that one. It's just us two. And, and the goal was they just, they invite, they could invite two people that were not first responders and they invited us. So I guess I'm kind of going back and saying what, you know what I mean? We, we did with the warrior thing. Um, so, but it's, but it's, it's not a, a Warriors based. tournament. So like, yeah, so yeah, it's it's yeah. a it's a it's a all the all the proceeds go to a, a local family of an officer that was killed um, awesome. a, a little while back, and all the proceeds yeah. go to that. So we're pretty excited to go do that. But Colorado Warriors next tournament is in two weeks. We're playing in a um, a charity tournament in Denver. That's uh, it's not a Warrior tournament. It's a uh, you know we're going in there as a full Warrior team. And that's one thing that, that we've decided on, you know, man, no matter what kind of tournament we're facing, we're going as a warrior team. We, and we're trying to keep the integrity of that. Um, you know, the first time we bring somebody that's not warrior eligible to come in and play, we, we kind of lose the integrity of that as the organization as we feel, you know what I mean? And we want to make sure we maintain that. So, but that's yeah. in two weeks. So we're pretty excited for that one. Okay. Yeah. I'm doing a charity event this weekend down in Utah I'm going to a tournament. We're not, it's pretty much the Utah warrior team. Um, but we're going as like a different name because we're not entering as, as a warrior team for some reason, but the charity event is for a company that, uh, I think they've done a little bit of uh, sponsorship and helping with the Utah warriors. And they recently had someone like hack their business and steal like a oh, wow. ton of money. So we're taking all the proceeds that after like covering the ice and um, putting it back into that, that company that's done a lot for the Salt Lake community. So, nice. Yeah. So it's my first time that's in awesome. like competitive hockey since fucking May. So Oof. should be yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. But um, 
I guess there's only one other thing we're going to cover and then we'll get into trending topics with uh, Austin. He'll finally come off mute. Um, <laughs> I'm just hanging out. I know. I know. This is the worst one for you so far, isn't it, bud? That's okay. Yeah. No, it's good content. Like, honestly, low key, I kind of like this podcast the best. Like, hopefully, Stephanie hasn't made it this far into this podcast because <laughs> I'm supposed to say that hers was the best. Um, no, I just, you and I, obviously, Brandon, have like a deep passion for, for Warrior Hockey. Yep. So, like, I'm just glad that there's a bunch of content. And I hope that like someone out there actually gets to absorb this and gets to turn around and utilizes it towards it because like, yeah, it's fun to talk about this stuff, but to actually do it is even 10 times better. And yeah. it's, it's literally a suicide prevention technique. So if you're fucking depressed, if you're fucking sad, if you're like struggling and you're looking for that thing that you're missing from the military, warrior hockey, hundred percent, like 110%, even if you yeah. don't fucking skate. And know how to yeah. play like warrior hockey is where it's at um okay so one thing i wanted to ask you what's uh what's your thoughts on mr uh, phil rubaki oh i'll I tell you what so phil <laughs> <laughs> phil's a character uh, to yeah. say the least i mean phil uh i so i ended up getting so i ended up driving with phil the whole way to nashville from colorado springs and yeah, that was an drove. adventure in itself. He drove, so, yeah. Um, somehow I I had flights already booked. And then one of the other guys was like, hey, I'm not I'm not able to buy flights. You know what I mean? I can't afford it. So I'm just going to drive. I'm like, all right, cool, man. I'll drive with you. You know what I mean? I'll ride with you. It is what it is. I don't want you driving by yourself 16 hours. Well, that guy ends up not going. So now I'm like, well, shit. I already traded, switched my tickets to tickets for future. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm trying to get tickets back now. Well, now tickets went from $130 to $600 to fly out of Colorado Springs. So Phil was like, well, I'll drive with you. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's go. And uh, so myself, Phil, and two other guys drove it. And we're about, we left it like, I don't even know, like 9.30 at night out of Colorado Springs. And we're about an hour into the road going through Kansas. It's pitch black. He still goes, hey, I just want to let you guys know. He goes, I tend to fall asleep while I'm driving. I'm like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, dude. And then uh, one of the other guys on the team, Josh Clutter, he's sitting in the passenger seat. He goes, Phil, you're fucking with me, right? Like, you're not even playing around. He's like, no, man, I'm serious. He's like, I have like this vehicular narcolepsy thing. I'm like, you got me fucking kidding me, Phil, man. <laughs> so I'm like, dude, so much for Candy Crush for the next freaking 12 hours, man. I'm like watching Phil to make sure. I'm like, well, just let one of us drive. He's like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. He doesn't we like people driving to... his fucking... No. Well, we caught him falling asleep a couple times, but but Josh in the front seat the whole time, man, he was like this. Just stared at Phil the whole time. He's like, I do not want to die in this car. <laughs> but, no, Phil Phil is a great uh, dude. Um, He takes a little bit of, of – once he warms up to you, then then you start to start to learn the real Phil. Um, yeah. But no, Phil is an awesome dude. And, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, we didn't know Phil. I had no idea who Phil was. Um, and he came to tryouts and we didn't know who he was. And he was selected as one of the guys. And, um, you know, he was one of those guys that had all the, had the same rating from the coach to where it was, you know, the active roster to the, to the, um, to the alternate. And what, and simply it came down to us not really knowing Phil at all. 
Um, and just seeing him in the two. So we decided to put him on the alternate roster. And like I said before, the alternates did, did not have to commit to anything. Um, now all the other guys, they had to commit to like the community service, volunteering. Um, they had to commit to, they got to come to the practices. Um, you got to commit to X amount of tournaments throughout the year that we go to. And Phil has been there since day one. He's never missed a practice. He's never missed an event. He's, he's always been, you know what I mean? He's, he's always been there and showed his commitment and dedication to the team. And, you know, what we ended up doing with Phil was we had one or two other guys that weren't necessarily, you know, maybe they had some things going on in life and we get it, but they didn't have that full commitment base that Phil was showing. So what we did is we moved Phil up to a full-time roster spot and we're like, dude, I mean, you're going to every tournament anyway. And you, you show you're definitely committed. You're doing everything you can do for it. Um, you know, he, he's coordinate, he coordinated some events for us, the local community. So Phil's an awesome dude, man. Um, now when you get to get to going downtown Nashville, hanging out with Phil, but <laughs> let me tell you, I had, we're coming back. Uh, one of the other guys was down there with his wife and, uh, they had a minivan. So they, uh, there was about, I don't know, probably 10 of us to pound in this minivan in Nashville on a Saturday night. And uh, Phil was to say he was hammered was the least, right? Yeah. Um, so there was a full Gatorade water bottle there, and Phil was Phil was sitting in the middle between the two jump seats, if you will. And he's sitting there, and Phil's Phil's a big dude, and he's sitting there, yeah. And he's just sitting there, and uh, he's leaning back, and and he just like starts, I don't just saying random shit. So I started squirting him with the Gatorade bottle, just like squirting him, and he. I, I wasted the entire Gatorade bottle just squirting Phil. When we got back to the hotel, he was soaking wet. And he looked at me. He's like, "Why'd you squirt me?" I'm like, "I don't really know." <laughs> but, but yeah, it was. Uh, Phil's an awesome dude, man. I, I really do like Phil, and and I think Phil's hiding from me right now because he found out I heard a rumor that he's trying to move back to Alaska. So, so I was, I hope he's I was wondering true. if you knew. I never. Uh, actually, so, I don't know anything about that. I don't know anything <laughs> about that. Yeah. So well, he, Shit, he, he just tell me. Yeah, he did tell me that uh, when, actually when we were on the way to Nashville, he's like, hey, I just want to let you guys know that I filled out some some applications to go back to Alaska. And I'm like, shut your fucking mouth, Phil. I don't want to hear that bullshit, you know what I mean? Fucking stay and then, Yeah, right? And then uh, and then one of the other guys, they were like, hey, they're like, you know Phil's about to go back to Alaska? I'm like, I haven't heard anything other than what Phil told me going to Nashville. And that was a month ago, so I don't I don't know. I said, well, we'll wait and that see. That was months ago at this point. Yeah. Yeah, That's I know. So, yeah, that's what I say. I think Phil's hiding from me right now, though. So, but I'm gonna oh, wait till like two in the morning and text him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what we'll do is we'll we'll get a screen record of some of the stuff that we're talking about, mainly like the shit talking, and yeah. we'll we'll send them we'll send them that that way it will entice them to listen to the episode. Cause, uh, yeah, I, I've known Phil for God like four or five years now. Cause him and I skated yeah. together on Alaska. We skated in beer league team together. Um, we went to the very first tournament that the Alaska Warriors went to. And then we both left Alaska at the same time. Um, I left like a month or two before him. We went to Wyoming. He went to Colorado. And uh, for, I don't like saying, it, whatever, fuck it. He's a bigger dude. Um, that motherfucker hustles. Like He does. Hustles at a level that's uncomprehensive just because 
you look at them and you would say, okay, like, like me being like a pretty thin, um, semi-muscular guy, like I used to think that I'd be able to outskate Phil any day. Phil can catch me like he is so fucking fast at his back checking. Yeah. And um, I think he started as a center for you guys. And then did he get moved back to defense? Or he started, is he still a wing. He started okay. as wing. And then uh, when we were going to, um, when we were going to Nashville, we moved him back to D um, okay. because he said, he, he told us, he said, Hey man, I feel more comfortable playing D. Um, so we're like, well, shit, if you feel more comfortable, then he's like, Hey, in Alaska, I was playing D. So, yeah, we decided we, we put him back there at D and and he definitely uh, he definitely performed back there at D. That's for sure. He's probably one of our better D man in in Nashville. No doubt. Yeah, no, he's he's really good at defense um, in our beer league, too. Like um, I play center and he's one of the few people that knew where to find me if I was breaking yeah. across the ice or whatever and like could get something up up a board to me or right down the center of the ice and just, I don't know. Phil, Phil is a fucking really good hockey player. You're a really good hockey player too. Your yeah. entire team is really fucking good. Actually, dude, who's the guy with the red gloves? Uh, well, we all have matching gloves now, but that was Chris Primo. Yeah. He's a stud. Primo. Primo yeah. is insane, <laughs> dude. That yeah, motherfucker good. is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, yeah, okay. he's got Eddie. He, he's so casual about how he does it too. It's just we sit on the bench and some of the things he does, we're just like, how the fuck did he do that? How you the know fuck I mean? did he just stick handle that? Like he yeah. just comes in and does some of the nastiest fucking stick handle. Like just yeah, his, his dangles are so fucking dirty. Like it's insane. Yeah, but probably the best part of his game is his poke check, though. It's absolutely nasty. It's like he has a twenty foot stick out there. He just he can poke anything. It's ridiculous. So, but yeah, he's filthy. Well, I feel like we beat the shit out of hockey and a little <laughs> bit of military stuff for almost two hours. Austin, kick us into trending news, man. Oh, am I supposed to be awake over here? Dude, that, <laughs> yo, a couple of times, whoever, whoever's listening to this on audio, go watch it on YouTube. I swear to God, there was a couple of times Austin's like doing this, and I couldn't tell if he was reading something or if he was like falling asleep. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just falling. I'm just falling asleep over here. I was like, "Fuck, this is boring." No, what? Fuck you! <laughs> All right, what do you got? For, what do you got for trending news, dude? It's the, it's not that hockey's boring, Rob. It's just you. You know, I'm so used to hearing your voice <laughs> that I'm just like, "Fuck." He's still talking, uh, <laughs> dude. He was wide awake during the naked cribbage, though. Yeah. Oh shit. I mean, I already heard that story once though. I heard that story you know, earlier. Today. He he heard yeah, yeah. the unedited he heard the unedited version right. actually. I know the whole story behind that. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So on to trending news. Um so I put something on here that relates to Rob. Um and it was that Pepsi is teaming up with Boston Beer and creating an alcoholic Mountain Dew drink. As wow. I drink beer. So, and the, the flavors will include original, black cherry, and watermelon. Um, and they will be 5% ABV and will hit shelves early 2022. And that oh, and they're yes. making and they're making this to compete with the Topo Chico hard seltzer that is made by Coca-Cola. So I, I, I mean I, I think it'll do well just because it's Mountain Dew. 
And there's so many people that still drink Mountain Dew. For sure. You know, so I think it'll do good. Um, and then, um, and then it's the uh, other just thing is NFL is kicking off right now. Um, the week one of the NFL just ended. So we'll have a lot of news coming up on that. Um, and then the other thing I want to add before we get back to Mr. Rob over there is um, for the 2024 Olympics in Paris, they added breakdancing for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. That's just I, wild. I don't get that. They also, they had a lot of things like they had like skateboarding and shit, which I think is cool. Yeah. In a way. But um, at the same time, like that's like X game shit. Well, you I mean, know, you only thought it was cool because you're, you know, your future ex-wife was on there. Steph doesn't know about that chick. <laughs> have you guys seen does. the, uh, <laughs> the videos on Facebook where it's the, uh, the normal dudes Olympics type thing where the dudes are doing the high dive and stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I'm like, man, I, we were talking about a locker room yesterday. We're like, dude, if it happens, man, we're signing up. We're, we're doing something. You know what I mean? Right. You have beer chugging contests. Yeah. Who can shotgun the most. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to skip fantasy football for this week. Cause we're already like pushing close to two hours. That's like, fine. We'll, okay, we'll get into um, fantasy drama next week. Yeah. So the only thing that we wanted to next thing we wanted to go into is, you know, if you have any plugs that you want to promote, Brandon, um, for either yourself or Colorado Warriors. Yeah, I mean, I think just uh, really shout out your guys' think... Instagram handle too for those who can't yeah. see it. So our Instagram handle is Colorado underscore Warriors underscore Hockey. Um, which we try to stay as active as we can on there. Um, we, we focus more on our, our website right now, which is uh, coloradowarriorshockey.org. Um, we're, we're really trying to, we're trying to, we're building the website right now. It's, it's still, we're, we're in the process of building. It's up and, and moving, but we're, we have a guy that we're working with and, and he's actually donating his time and everything and, and he's doing it for us. That's cool. But um, yeah, so one thing, one I want to do give a shout out to is our uh, our Jersey guy, man. Our Jersey guy, this dude is on point. I mean, can you uh, can you bring any of those jerseys close to the camera? Like, yeah, yeah, those are those are some of the sickest, sickest fucking jerseys, especially the back. Um, yeah, so um, I love the fucking the, sleeves too. Yeah, the sleeves all have. So and then uh, let me see if I can. Get it all straightened out here. Crazy. But uh yeah, everything's uh tackle tool stitched and it uh the the sleeves, everything's stitched on it. Um and then <laughs> you, you know, not that we need them unless we're going back to Nashville, but they all got fight straps in them and everything else. So so they're pro jerseys and, and our guy that does it is uh Wingman Sports Corporation and they're out of uh Ontario. But uh he's he's a big supplier to a bunch of the junior leagues around the nation, around, you know, Canada and, and the U S so, and he, man, he takes care of us. I, I'm not even gonna, this dude, he's got, and he's done everything for us. Our jerseys, our bags, our shower kits. I mean, everything, but our gloves, our gloves are from warrior, our custom gloves from warrior that uh, we got hooked up on. Um, we got hooked up on our warrior helmets, but, but yeah, I definitely want to give him a shot at wingman sports. Cause the dude, I, I, 
I mean, and you know, don't get me wrong. There's, there's when we, when we, we had some growing pains with our first shipment order, there was some niches here and there. And that dude was like, Hey, just keep that stuff. I got a whole new batch coming to you. You're good to go. So, I mean, if I went out to my garage right now, I got 70 probably jerseys, extra spare jerseys of, of all the guys in my, in my, in my uh, closet, I mean, in my hanging in my garage right now. So, so he's really taking, taking good care of us. So that dude, he's, he's awesome. And, and I, I would really love to get him. I, I know he's, he's up in Canada and you know, they're, 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 they're better than us right now, but <laughs> so, but uh, no, he's, he's an awesome dude. And I would love to get him wrapped up into the warrior community because he takes care of the guys and that's, what's most important to me. So, um, but yeah, that's all I really got. Awesome, man. Yeah, no, that's, that's good stuff. And your, your guys' jerseys are, are fucking sick. Uh, I don't yeah. have my Utah jersey in front of me, but we, we have the, the fight strap too at the bottom, which I, I've thought about cutting mine off because I feel like it's extra weight. Those jerseys are so much heavier <laughs> heavier than like yeah. the jerseys that I'm used to wearing. And then like I'm already yeah. a light guy, so I feel like it's slowing me down just like a hair or like yeah, a little are. bit. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. they're nice though. Oh yeah, I mean, I say, and that was one thing in Dallas, man. That was the first time anybody saw our jerseys, and it was just everybody was just like, "Man, can we buy them? Can we buy them? Can we buy them?" And we were like, "No, no, no." And then we got back, and we're like, "Dude, we need to sell our jerseys because we could probably yeah. make a killing on selling our jerseys," you know. So, yeah, um, and actually, a bunch of the Minnesota guys reached out to us, and they were like, "Hey, we want to buy some jerseys," and and we all got together as a board and we decided that we'll sell our jerseys, but what we'll do is we'll never have a number 22 on our team. That's one thing we decided we'll never do. Um, yeah. Cause it's such a special number to us. So um, we'll never have a number 22 on our team. So one way that, that we looked at this in order to push um, the 22 awareness is we decided we would sell our jerseys and the only number we'd put on the back is 22. It's fucking um, brilliant. And yeah, part of that is just to promote, you know, promote that and and the meaning of it so and, and we decided that if anybody wears one of our jerseys other than family members like we let guys that you know mom yeah, and dad yeah. want to buy them they, right. they buy the guy's jersey but uh like the guys from minnesota that that asked if they could buy some i told them i said hey you can buy them um we won't put your name on the back but so they say warrior 22 the warrior on the name tape and number 22 and that's how we're selling jerseys when we sell them so so we yeah we might need to do that for for Utah too because we currently do sell the jerseys like one of our one of our guys is actually a graphic designer and he he produces nice. a lot of jerseys. I don't know if you remember our our tournament jersey. It was the the Punisher one for. Uh, I do. Yeah, that was a sick jersey, super light. Yeah. And then the Utah Warrior one's pretty fucking badass too. But the point is, like, I, I like that because in Alaska. We had a uh, reserve 22 as well, where no one was allowed to use it. Um, but that's, that's a good way to do it because like people wanted to buy the Alaska warrior Jersey. People want to buy the Utah stuff. People want to buy the car. It's it, you, you know how it is. Like yep. I don't know. there's, there's some jerseys out there that fucking suck dick. I'm not going to lie. Like they're pretty yeah. fucking horrid. Like I'm just like, really? And like, even like knocking on my organization a little bit, like the whole Spartan thing, like, don't get me wrong, like I fucking rock it like literally here. But right. like on the jersey for Warrior Hockey, it's like so fucking redundant. Like Yeah, it is. 
come yeah. up with something different, please. <laughs> There's like yeah. seven teams out there to have the fucking Spartan helmet. None yeah, of us are Spartans. A, that was years no, ago, right? <laughs> like, yeah, well, when we did our jerseys, I and I reached out to them, and, and what I did was I did bids for like six, six or seven different companies, and some absolutely outrageous, and they all sent me like logo mock-ups. And you know, I told our guy who we use at Wingman Lee, I told him, I said, hey, I want the mountains, Colorado, stars, and trees like Colorado, and that's what he came up with. You know what I mean? And then I was blown away when he first sent it. I'm like, dude, it's dope. I love it. You know what I mean? This is awesome. He's like, you sure you don't want to look at anything else? I said, I love it. I kicked it out to a couple of the other guys and they were like hundred percent. Let's do it. So, so yeah, so we're, we're, we're excited. We like our logo. Um, we, uh, we got a big surprise coming this next year though. So I don't want to spill any beans, but we got something pretty legit coming out. So we might have to, we might have to, uh, we might, might have, have to do uh, another podcast. We might have to, or we might have to just debut them when we get to the, to the Lone Star tournament this year. So <laughs> yeah yeah cool man that's awesome um i guess from there if, if unless you got anything else to plug we're gonna get into some answer to the internet anything else from either of you no, I, i'm good okay. no, I'm, I'm, um, I'm good I'm, all right i'm and, half asleep and, over here so brandon brandon's listened to our podcast before so he knows what's up so i think we're hitting him with these some of these are softball ones Austin, you want to lead off? Okay. Um, so, so if, if you were taken hostage 10 years ago, what would surprise you most about the world today? So if I was taken hostage 10 years ago and just kicked into the world today? Yeah. Oh, man, probably the uh, – I don't know. This might be a sensitive <laughs> thing, but just, just the uh, how sissified a lot of – us have become it's 10 years ago i never thought we would be in the situation we're in now with certain things so, right yeah no, i completely yeah. agree yeah <laughs> uh i guess we got me, only fans <laughs> that like people <laughs> people like girls you're just jealous because you don't have one I mean, I got offered to start a couple, but I, I didn't. My girlfriend's been offered to start them too. Um, yeah, no, no. Like the whole entire idea that like chicks can sell like pictures of what's their feet. The, what's the difference between that and porn, though? You're paying for that shit, whereas porn's free. Like, yeah, why? I mean, they still get paid for it, though. You know, it's just I. I think that's kind of mind blowing. That that's where we're heading okay what you got Austin? i mean my thought was just technology i mean back 10 years you know if 10 years ago we had the first iphone yeah yeah i was thinking like when did facetime come out because i mean like there's so much interfacing like literally what we're doing right now where everything can yeah, be on yeah. video this wasn't I available 10 years ago yeah and this is a lot of my conversations are through video now too, which yeah. is kind of cool. Okay, cool. Next question. Uh, let's see. Would you be able to be celibate for a year to be able to have sex with any girl you wanted after the year was up? You're going uh, first on this, Rob. 
This is not fair. No, I've read the questions. <laughs> <laughs> only because was... me and him are married, so you're the only one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, heading... I'm not trying to get stabbed. So <laughs> I'm trying to stay in a relationship. Um, I I would wait a year. Say the so truth. Could... Say the truth, Rob. I I would wait a year. So say the I truth, Rob. Have... So I could have sex with Steph. <laughs> I would wait a year. Don't be lying over there. I would wait a year for you. You're not gonna wait but... a year. Fuck you. <laughs> Get ready to move. I'm gonna have to experience it a little bit of long distance. All right, what do you guys got? How how do you answer that question? Do we pretend like you guys don't have wives or like? We got I don't know, Austin. man. Like, let's hear Austin's not... first, and then nope, right. nope. Your wife doesn't even listen to the podcast. Don't be a pussy. Let's go. Let's fucking go. I don't know if I can wait a year. That's a long time. Wait. So wait. Did I not understand this question? You have to wait a whole year. Just to be able to have celibate means you can't have have sex. You can't have you can't jack off. You can't do anything for a whole year. No, the celibate means no sex. Like that's the way I look at it because I can jerk off. No, I tried to do the whole 40 days, 40 nights thing. It ended terribly. (laughs) Wait, so that's that's what we're saying, like zero sex? Yeah. Yeah. I could do I could do a year. Definitely. I've been deployed before. Yeah, I've been deployed before. Yeah. But but that's different though. That's different though. When you you don't have a choice in that matter compared to like yeah, you're not tempted when you're over there because it's not like we didn't do go fuck a goat. <laughs> I'm sticking by my comment for the sake of my relationship. <laughs> I'm waiting a year for you, mm-hmm. Steph. A month All right, later, what do you call? So you couldn't do it? Fuck no. Okay. And who are you going to be having sex with in the meantime? Well, I mean, I'm not waiting a year. What do you mean? I don't know. Who are you having sex with then? You know, <laughs> <laughs> and end this podcast. <laughs> All right, uh, Brandon, how how would you answer? Uh, I'm probably not waiting a year either because I think I'm going the same route. Whether I waited a year or didn't wait a year, I'm going to the same person. So uh, I'm pretty happy where I'm at. So <laughs> I mean, I'm not even going know. that route. I'm just saying in general, even if I was yeah. single, I could wait a year. Hmm. Interesting. We all have different answers. Okay, we got awesome. <laughs> well, we know Rob's the real answer though, so it's okay. He's no he's gonna last like a month. <laughs> uh, um, would you punch your grandma in the face for twenty five grand? <laughs> Is your grandma alive? <laughs> or just an old person, I mean. <laughs> You're going first, Brandon. This is on you. No, I, I don't think I could, honestly. I could punch a baby for 25 grand, but I don't think it'll work. Which one's worse, though? Uh, the baby will forgive you because they're not going to know down the road. You know what I mean? But I don't know, man. I got too much respect for elderly people. <laughs> What's wrong, bro? I'm going to punch. <laughs> 25 grand. <laughs> I mean, I was going to go the same way, so I can't be too mad. Let's <laughs> get reinvested right back into SOS. Bah! Yeah, right? Uh, just okay. walking down the road and just punch some random old person. Austin, Austin, yeah. go through our old ones and find a fucking terrible one. 
and I'll read this last one. Okay. All right. If you had, oh, here we go. If you could read, um, your name would be Rob. All right. If you had a baseball bat and you were being attacked by little kids, how many could you take out before getting overwhelmed? Brandon. Say it again. So basically you have a baseball bat. How many kids yeah. could you beat the shit out of before too many kids rush you and you're done? Oh man. Dude, I got a pretty good I got a pretty good swing, man. So I'm thinking like I think I could get through at least ten to twelve before I get overrun. That's realistic that's numbers. I can yeah. see it. Dude, I, I mean I think he's on point with that. That's three sixty swinging. Gonna... Yeah, I was gonna go like nineteen to twenty. Dude, you're crazy. You you don't have the stamina for that. I'm just. No, telling no, you I was right curious now. to say the same thing. My shoulders would be burning. I'd be ready to sit down and take a time out. So. I, I would need something different besides, dude. I can would I put honestly, nails in the. Can I put nails in the baseball bat? I would flip the bat <laughs> around because it it would be less of uh you know less like counterweight at the end of the bat, yeah. and. I would I would attack that way I think but I, I'm in the same boat as you dude like I don't know like after ten so like my girlfriend has two kids and sometimes they like grab onto me in ways I didn't even know was possible and all of a sudden I yeah. find myself like falling over or like being like wait I, I can't get this little thing off me and yeah. uh I'm just imagining you know multiplying that times five yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of pressure yeah the baseball bat's nice yeah, but my nine-year-old, he, I pick him up from school every day, and he runs out, and he, like, does, like, a jump and, like, body slam into me. And I'm thinking, I, that's what I compared it to. I'm like, oh, I could probably get rid of about 10 of them before <laughs> before <laughs> I get funny. overrun. <laughs> and and you're going with 20, Austin? I'm going to go with, like, 19 to 20, yep. Okay. Just going to full send it. Just going to full send it right upside the head. Okay. <laughs> were, you able to, were you able to find a random one? Um, so I got one. Would you yeah. rather live life as is or be a blow, be a billionaire, but you have to blow one dude every day? Well, every yeah, day? Man. Every day. One blow job oh, from one guy. But you're a billionaire. I'm happy where I'm. I'm good being a thousandaire. Thousandaire. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so that's a blow dude to completion? Well, yeah. Every day. Every day. Every day. But what if like I, I took that billion dollars and I invested in something? And then <laughs> regardless. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> just, like, just hear me out. 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 This is what I'm thinking. I blow one dude, right? You know what I mean? Like, make sure he's good looking. Make sure maybe he's infantry. Anyways, so like I'm blowing Cash this out. one dude. I get that million dollars or billion dollars. I invest in Bitcoin. I stop. No, no. I have to start like blowing the dude the second day. But meanwhile, while I'm blowing that dude, I'm actually cashing out. And then, like... You're still being there, blowing. though. So it doesn't matter. No, 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 no. But, like, hear me out. Hear me out. Because, like, I, I re-diversified my funds. So... <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, so now no. I'm done blowing dudes. Nope. I just like that. Like, but still I'm crypto rich. No, actually, I leave it. I leave it in Bitcoin. Because even though it's volatile... I'm putting like a billion dollars in. I could at least get a lot of bitcoins. I don't even know what the math is. Where's my girlfriend? She knows how to fucking count. So like, 
like I'm getting all this money for blowing this dude, and then like I'm putting it into crypto, and then I stop blowing dudes. And they're like, yo, give me that billion dollars. You're not a billionaire anymore. I'm like, bro, it's like in the fucking blockchain. You can't have it. And then they're going to go steal you. No, no, it's in the blockchain. They can't have it. They're going to steal all your Bitcoin. No, (laughs) I'm just done. Like, I'm going to cash out like a couple days later. I don't think it works like that. Are you sure? Yeah, no way, dude. You're you're like headhunters. They're going to come for you. And like, where's, where's your money? Dude, I have so much. I have so much money now that I'm pulling some out. I'm keeping some in too. You gotta like keep a little bit in. That like I'm buying a security team and they're oh, protecting me. You can buy SEAL Team Six to protect you. <laughs> they're protecting yeah. me from pe- penises and bullets. Because like I already sucked the dick and it was terrible for me. For me. That's what just about- me. Like, yeah. like there's there's people out there that mm. listen to this podcast that might be gay and we like them and we love them. And if they want to yeah. suck a dick. They're all good to do it. Like, be about it, man. Be about it. Like, get on that. Do your thing. Rob, if you need tips, just reach out to Rob. He's a professional. <laughs> but, That'd be a great yeah. question for Mr. Rubaki. Oh, if he would do it? <laughs> that dude'd be a billionaire. <laughs> God I mean, damn I'd it. be a billionaire. Dude, awesome. We got to set this up in the future where I can actually, like, call someone. Well, you have to do a real webcam. I was thinking about just setting up the second iPhone. Because that'd be awesome to call someone on the spot and like ask them an ATI question. Well, it's um, too late now. So, so wait, but no one's it. no one's blowing anyone. Yeah, I'm the only one that's doing it. I'm billionaire. Well, I said I would 100. You wait, what? I would do it every day. Fucking, then I'm a billionaire. My right. money, money, money matters. So. Hmm. I think that's like that mortar mentality or something. Yeah. I, I mean, weird. I knows what to do with those tubes. So I like, those, <laughs> I like, I like those long tubes. <laughs> long thick tubes. <laughs> Eighty-two millimeters. Oh, 120. Uh, all right, cool. So I think we survived another one. This was. Uh, I know. I almost fell asleep. No, nah, dude. This is a good one. This was a good one. Um, yeah, so any, any closing thoughts before I close this out? Nope, I think we're good. All right. Yeah, well, man, thanks Thanks for having me. Yeah, Brandon, thanks for coming on. Thanks for making it interesting. Um, Absolutely. With, with that being said, uh, for those of you who are new to the Fight Like Hell podcast, please go subscribe everywhere. We are on all audio formats, and we are on YouTube now at uh fight like hell podcast and or fight like hell podcast for all the streaming stations you can find us on instagram uh you can find our personal pages for save our six which is my business our vigilant and humble which is austin's business make sure you guys follow the colorado warriors hockey program um yeah and if you guys are interested in hockey reach out to either myself or brandon and we'll get you guys hooked up definitely With that being said, this was the Fight Like Hell podcast, episode 26. I hope you guys have a good night. Peace. Peace.